Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The Colores Radio. This is episode 10. We made it a milestone. 10 episodes in. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is the wonderful Ralph Tamayo. What's up, mama? We made it. I never know what you're going to say. I just kind of like wait. I'm like, okay, thank you. You get really nervous. Yeah, I'm like, Anyways, um, unfortunately, I'm afraid it's not only our 10th episode, but it's actually also our final episode. It's our final episode because I'm tired of all this bad stuff happening. I joked prior, but it's like ever since this show started, it feels like everything's getting worse. Yeah, we, 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 I mean, I don't know what to say. We, I really don't. Like, I'm like, oh, that was bad. And then it gets worse yeah. and then it keeps going. And then I'm like, oh shit, maybe, yeah, is we, it me? We can't stop questioning what world we're living in. I, uh, anyways, so, I'm yeah. actually just kidding. We're not ending the show but we're here and i know even as a joke am i t- i'm sorry you know, my, i'm ugh. sorry if it was actually ending y'all know i would be like todo mocosa right here crying no yeah exactly uh but we're here we're growing we're getting better every day even if it feels even if it feels like the world isn't we have to keep fighting right now more than ever yes but let's get a little more personal i need to know more about you rafa that's right okay it's time for us to really give y'all an insight into our personal what's energy. Going on here? I don't understand what's going on. Into how we are feeling right now. Okay. Into the reality of our soul. All right. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes! It's time for <laughs> meme mood. Rafa? Oh, snap. Yeah. So I shared one on Twitter. Uh oh, I didn't and, uh, see it. I'm Susie, sad. Yes, Susie was even like, "Please make oh, sure yeah. this is your meme." That was a and good so one. And so I really liked that one because it's this little boy con su vaquerita <laughs> walking all chueco and a pistol in his hand. That was like hardcore. Like, and it says, "This is how the I'll entire play the Latin." sound effect. It says, "This is how the entire Latinx community is gonna pull up on Trump," and it's. I'm scared. <laughs> but it's super. Oh, no. that's not the other one. I was thinking right. of the other so one. Right. So the other one. And so that one's like this one's an like honorable kinder. mention. Right. But the other one that I feel, and it's not... This is the one I was talking about. Right. And I don't... The caption I agree with, but it's not why I feel like this is my meme mood. The caption is me shooting at the hologram of the moon the government is projecting into the sky Bruh. so they know I'm on to them. And it's a little boy. Shooting. <laughs> that was so hardcore. <laughs> Who let mans have this? He's like six he's, or seven. Yeah, he's tiny. He's got like an extended mag on this handgun <laughs> shooting into the sky. And in the background, that has to be like New Year's in Mexico or something. It's got to be something. I recognize that street. That's in Piedras Negras, Stop. Coahuila. Oh my shout God. out! Shout out to the fam over there. Right, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, that's his me mood. Nice that's and violent. That's my me mood. I understand. Yes. I thought that I knew what my me mood was. I wrote this up and I was like, "This is my current me mood," which is that video that keeps circling of the Beauty and the Beast. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. That poor Chambelan. But he's like, she's all mean too. She's like straightening <laughs> yes. him up and she's like looking at him all mad, like, "Boy, if you don't fucking do this waltz <clears throat> better, I'm a beat your ass." <laughs> But I felt like I was her. And then last night I saw this video of um, 
it was El Chavo with System of a Down playing in the background. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> it's art. It's literal art. <laughs> I identify with it very, very deeply. And that is my me mood, especially today, because I think I'm going to need a little more System of a Down in my life because I'm angry. But it really has been a rough time. Has been. And it's hard not to lose hope during these times, especially here in Texas. It's been rather heartbreaking with the recent news of Harvey and now right. with DACA. And I don't know, it's been really difficult. But on the bright side, we have someone very special in the studio with us today. One of my personal favorite artists and someone I'm lucky enough to call a friend, the lovely Erika Chiloma. Chilome, I'm messing it up. I got all excited. A woman of many talents who you will learn more about later. And I always feel great after talking to her and experiencing her light. So hopefully you all will too. And we should get started. Any personal updates before we get into our first segment? I'm getting sick again. Oh, so gee. I literally can't help you. Yeah, you Self-care can't. corner works for everybody, yeah. but <laughs> Rafa. It was like two episodes ago that I was getting over something and now I'm back. There has so. to be some kind of common denominator that's uh, creating I this think, feeling for you. I think somebody like. Did they, they put a spell, you? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They give you a whole they're like, I'm gonna make you sick. Boom. <laughs> Something. Well, um we or it's just like the him. terrible environment. You need to rub an egg on him. Rubbing <laughs> That's true. We haven't tried that. Self care corner. <laughs> We're like, get an egg. And I go live and I record you do it. <laughs> It works. You're you know, cured all be, of a sudden. Oak Cliff Cultural Center is going to just, you know, smell of burning sage. And I'm Honestly, of, that's my room without the boom, eggs. So boom. anyways, we're going to go ahead and jump into <clears throat> the next segment. All right. All right. All right. Then that means it's officially time for El Hugo. The juice. It feels like ages since we last did this, right? It really does. <laughs> Are you okay? Like, eight, like. It feels like a lot of time, but it's like no time. It's like no time, but so much has happened. Yeah. And it's hard to keep up. I don't know what we're living in. So the day that we recorded this news, I guess, had just come out. I feel like I always miss a piece and I always feel like bad, but apparently uh, we already knew this was happening, but Oak Cliff is like officially gentrified. Wait, what? You never heard of that? No, you know, people are listening like, what? It's being, it's gentrified. Yes, Yes, motherfuckers, gentrified. (laughs) Bishop Arts is getting a central market. H-E-B Central Market. If it was an H-E-B, That's what I'm, that's why I'm we upset. Been into Sorry. It. That we outburst like was uncalled I'm sorry, but it's just like... No, don't apologize. You have okay. every reason to be upset. Uh, <laughs> I remember you, they were saying, like... I saw this video about... I think it was Brooklyn, but they were talking about how a Whole Foods came to this area in Brooklyn, and they are like, that's how you know you're officially gentrified. And so now we're getting a Central Market, which is like the equivalent of a Whole Foods. Yeah. So that's where I, I'm saying we're officially gentrified now. So, yeah. Makes me, I mean, it, it upsets me. It does. But, you know, they have really great kebabs. Um, oh, aside- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who are you? No, I'm kidding. But those yeah, kebabs, though, <laughs> I've never had them. I don't know anything about their kebabs. But it's it's frustrating to see this. It sucks because right now it feels like so much is going on that as soon as we're focusing on one issue, 10 more things happen. And it's like, oh, shit. So it's like, how many battles do you pick? And like, obviously you support all of them, but at the same time, it's like, how much can you give yourself to without also emotionally and mentally being drained? I don't think we can stop the central market from coming now. I know, I I think it was, Maria, you said your friend got a notice that his house was going to be something like that, right? Tell us more, tell us more. Well, I was was telling my friends, like, oh Oh, my God. She's like, girl, this ain't a business for the podcast. (laughs) No, yeah, I was like, Oh my god, Central Market. And then my friend's like, yeah, they actually like displaced me. And I was like, oh. 
and then it. you're like, and, like shit. Yeah. I felt like crap because right. I was mentioning it, and then he. Shared I think it. that's where the, the the really fucked up part comes into play because you know people talk about growth and like you know bettering communities and all kinds of really positive and and stuff that seems like you know it would be good for a community but it's like you're moving people out of there right and like that's when as, it's really as, as if okay. people that didn't have all of the opportunities that most people that are well off have like they still have to deal with all kinds of shit that you can't even think of right put on top of that the fact that you're gonna take away where they live yeah like, no and it's take- super frustrating I mean, I didn't realize this until I moved back home from college, but, like, the access certain grocery stores have to, like, certain fruits and vegetables and just health in general. And it's obviously not something you learn or think about growing up that maybe you didn't have as much access to kale and all these other things as, you know, Denton County had a lot of great produce area. And just simple stuff like that. But oh, it's like yeah. having no. this store, which is considered a healthy market, was not going to be placed here until it was a city or an area in the city accepted by a predominantly white community now or people that are willing to go to this area because it's not that bad anymore it's yeah. safer now or whatever and so Ooh, that's really somebody, frustrating somebody shared something it, i don't it, it, oh man i'm trying to remember who it was but it was like a visit dallas campaign and it said come check out the new oh, oak yeah, cliff yeah, yeah, yeah. oh jesus I didn't yeah I didn't and it that. was like talking about you know jefferson has been redone really? and it's talking about all this other stuff and they give one shout out to like one of the quince shops and then go off on like the news the the new stuff that's sprouting up here on Jefferson Jesus. Boulevard but this whole idea of hey go check out the new Oak Cliff it's okay to go over there now yeah no that's fucked up the perspective is so skewed on that side when you talk about the money that is speaking for <laughs> right. a community it's like it's their uh, reframing and they have the money yeah. and access to do that and then everybody else is left in the dirt so not cool it, and it gets so complicated because then it's like if we're here and we want to eat something healthy, are we gonna go to Central Market? Or are we gonna go to the tortaria? Tortaria. I said that wrong, didn't I? Tortaria, torta. Jesus. I was think I was thinking of tortillas at the same. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so uh, our next topic is Joe Arpendejo. I think is how yeah. you say it. I could be saying it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's I'd, it. No, that's right. The pronunciation. It's <laughs> colloquially like where. He's from in Arizona. Like, that's how you say it. Yeah, Yeah, you got it right. He was pardoned. Uh, (laughs) This feels like old news, honestly, because so much other shit has happened since. I saw a lot of kind of frustrating arguments on this. But if you're not really realizing by now how under attack we are, like, I don't know what to tell you. Because at this point, this guy is pardoning. And I mean, this guy as in the monster in charge is pardoning someone who literally made a woman give birth shackled. Like, what the fuck? How sick and horrible do you have to be to do that? And he is such a fucking piece of shit that even after he was so nonchalant, he was just like, oh, whatever. And oh, I'm so glad he saw what was good and right. And it's just like, and it's like, we can't, we honestly can't even recuperate from one shitty thing happening because then the next thing is happening. We have to arm up to fight against that next. And it's like, what the hell do we do? And all we know is that 45 fucking hates us and we're under attack and, and this is when we need to stand up and do something. And so all these issues are just really frustrating and they all go hand in hand with our discussion on white supremacy last time. So Yeah, I remember reading or, or I read a, an article or saw a tweet about how... Joe, <laughs> you did all the things. All, all the things, yeah. <laughs> I saw a post. <laughs> like a hashtag. Be, uh, I followed hashtag. a hashtag. I saw a vine. I went, yeah, I saw a vine. Rest, <laughs> rest oh, of peace, Come on. Pat. 
Pour no, some I'm out sad. for Vine. Why do you gotta bring that up? I miss Vine. Damn. Okay, Vine anyways. You, uh... Yeah, I saw something. It was, they were talking about how <laughs> Joe Arpaio felt victimized. And I was like, oh, if you don't of shut course. your mouth. Of course. I mean, that's the thing is that they always switch their narratives because they're in charge and they're the ones <laughs> writing it. Like, think yeah. of our textbooks. Think of everything. That's why the stories are the way they are. That's why so many people in our community assimilate because they think that's what's right and that's what we have to do in order to be accepted and that doesn't guarantee you shit so yeah. it's at th- at this point like me especially with my privilege as a you know educated you know individual citizen like i have to speak out on this shit because who's going to everybody else is in fear of their life in a little bit of good news though one devil has left dallas <laughs> yes yes so a big round of applause because tammy Lorano, I don't even know how to Lauren? fuck her Lauren. name up. Uh, is low, apparently low been hired at Fox. Is that correct? What the Fox? What the Fox? Um, which I think is a perfect place to take it's, the devil yeah. into the devil's like hell yeah. place. So thank you for leaving. Uh, I'm <laughs> very proud of you for realizing we didn't want you here, and um, <laughs> I don't wish you the best. I don't know what to tell you. You're at Fox. Now you're in your own happy danger zone and yeah. you're going to be probably successful there because that you are the shit they thrive dro- off of what there. Where did she get dropped from? She got dropped from the blaze. The blaze. Which is not was. a big known thing anyways, <laughs> but she made it one because she just talked a bunch of shit. Yeah. And now she's at Fox, which is like a bigger pile of shit that just has more money. So I think she's going to do great there. <sighs> do great things. At fucking Fox. Anyways, I'm just glad she's out of Dallas because yeah, she kept same. claiming us and we didn't claim her. <laughs> same. So it was like, girl, sit down, move along. Also, ugh, I don't even want to get that much into her, but I always see that we should not forget Dallas. I know Dallas, we got a lot of brown and black folk and we think we're all woke and we're not. Uh, don't forget that Richard Spencer is from Dallas. And if you don't know Richard Spencer, he's one of the biggest faces of the alt-right. I don't know that much information on that, but I know some people were saying he went to like one of the Christian schools and this and that. And I was like, shit, that's real. So that's that's what the city's creating. So Christian schools. Don't shit on them. I went to Catholic school. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I went. Please. I, I got come a little. On now. Got a little defensive there. Nah, my little. Hey, immaculate if, conception uh, alumni right here. Are you for real right now? I went to Holy Trinity Catholic <laughs> Church. I was there all my life. Yes, Wait, I was a Sunday school but, teacher oh, for like three years. Stop. Calm down. Are you Ooh, about to start battling me already? I'm about to start doing a rosario right now. Stop. <laughs> hold up. You've seen that vine of the mom, uh, yeah. all the moms are like, uh, la, 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 <laughs> with the M&M Jesus Christ. Okay, so thank God the Wicked Witch is gone. Yeah. Um, next up is Hurricane Harvey, which I wanted to have a moment of silence for, actually, because I believe the toll is up to about 60 people yeah, now it's, that it's have passed. 60. So we will have a brief moment of silence for them. I don't know if that happens on podcasts, but we're going to do it. So here we go. It's like not that quiet because there's yeah. people practicing, but I just wanted to have a moment because uh, I think so much is happening that the news cycle just switches <clears throat> off really quickly and yeah. we just move on with our lives and say, oh, I gave my $10 to the Red Cross. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really scary, tough, frustrating. I, there's so many things. Yeah. Uh, it, it really was a shock, I think, because we didn't expect it to hit the way it did and right. i know houston was not prepared for it because it was expected to hit more along closer to the coast rather mm-hmm. and i don't know it's devastating yeah i mean it, it's gonna it's gonna be a long time 
and rebuilding. The fourth largest city. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I was talking to my nephew when I picked him up from Catholic school. All right. No, I was talking to him, and he had he started having all these questions about hurricanes, right? And so I told him about I don't know what it's called if it's like the Great Hurricane of whatever, but it was one of the biggest hurricanes in history. And so Galveston technically would have been the largest city in the state if it wasn't hit by this hurricane. And so I was going back and forth. And so we've got family down in the valley and we were freaking out because we were like, man, we don't know what's going to happen. Like a hurricane, like even what we're hearing now before it actually hit, we weren't sure what to expect. All we kept hearing was it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But like even my nephew, who's nine years old, was at the point of like his reference when it comes to information that he's receiving, Mm -hmm. like he's even at that young age, desensitized to a certain point where it's like, oh, well, you're here, you're you're listening and you hear people say that stuff is getting worse, but isn't that everything? And then when it actually hit landfall, like when, when it actually happened and then we start to hear all these stories and see all these people and, and really feel the impact as like our neighbors, it kind of makes you think like, damn, these are moments, you know, happen in our lives where we really do need to like understand perspective and, and really look at ways to to be kind to each other right no absolutely no it was um i'm totally that person that like i know social media like messes with my mental health sometimes but i can't stop looking because i feel like yeah i'll miss something and then i'll fuck up somewhere or give the wrong message or not be updated and and so i would just keep looking and keep sharing and like just keep I don't and it's know, tough like, because it's, I mean, it's the extreme goes to both sides. Right. Like, you know, when you talk about people, like the the whole Joel Osteen, Austin, oh, however Jesus. you say his name, like, you know, you, you can have a strong opinion about that. And, you know, a lot of my friends were like talking mad shit because he refused to open the church or whatever. But at the same time, I was sitting there like, well, fuck him. We didn't need his help. Like, yeah. th- there's enough of us rallying yeah, I don't together. Want your it's pity like, help yeah, gonna... like, we don't, we don't need your church. Like, mm-hmm. we got friends and family down there and there's enough of us up here that we're willing to help so yeah it's some fucked up shit for you to do right but who am i you know whatever yeah i don't even want to discuss the stupidity of the person in charge and how they reacted because we go off on him enough but just all of that just seeing the people who were being rescued and i i didn't even know if this was real or real or not but some people were like oh don't help texas because they voted this way in the election and i was like fuck off like at that point you have to disregard everything this is yeah. humanity as a whole yeah. and and that's something that i think we forget in a lot of these issues whether it be you know uh immigration or whatever is that these are humans we're right. humans we need to connect on a human level not just on a you know political whatever level is that these are lives and that are being harmed and endangered and we need to take care of one another so we ended up doing a little donation drive during hurricane harvey because i am totally that person that like if it's weighing too much on me i'm like hey team let's do something we have to do something so we ended up getting a pretty good chunk of donations and we're hoping Fully, maybe planning a road trip to go down there and deliver them ourselves personally. So shout out to all the businesses. We can list them off probably at the end of of the episode to thank them for letting us have a little spot in their locations. But it was really nice to get that, to see that feedback and see how many people were wanting to help our community. Because even, you know, Dallas and Houston have their silly little, you know, 
fights or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. Beef. I saw a picture of a, like a, a supermarket where everything was cleared out on the shelves, but all the Cowboys coolers oh were still Oh my there. God, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they were like, Houston ain't buying none that of the Dallas hilarious. Cowboys coolers. I didn't yeah. see that. I saw one of uh, where they left all the vegan food. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, y'all are mean. Y'all ain't gonna eat vegan food even if you had to. But our, I, I didn't want to just say our prayers are with you because I think it does take that action to really come together. And I know some people have been displaced that came here to Dallas and are planning to make it their home now. So at this point, that's when we have to say, okay, we need to be humans, be kind, be loving, and really come together and uh, support one another because this is going to take a long time to rebuild. And uh, the effects of it aren't going to go away right away, even if they're not the top of the headlining news anymore or whatever. So... And don't forget, it wasn't just Houston affected. It was a lot of other smaller cities that we kind of ourselves forget about just because it's easier to claim this one area. But yes, we are um, hopefully going to get those packages and things delivered to areas that really need them. Side effects of Hurricane Harvey that made for a wild time. Some uh, symptoms here in Dallas were the damn gas shortage, which was not yeah. really a gas shortage, but then it made a gas short. Yeah. That's a lot to say really fast. It is. Gas shortage, gas shortage. Gas, Try to say it fast, Peter kid. Gas shortage, gas shortage, gas it's shortage. It's not gas that easy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. On um, a side note, though, if y'all need gas, I got it. He got the plug yeah. and some Ziploc you bags. Need some premium, I got you. Dallas, what the hell was that, though? <laughs> that was so unnecessary. This I had, like, a sandwich delivered, and he was like, I was I just got back from the gas station, and they were fighting there, and I barely could put any anything in. And I was like, fuck, I just need my sandwich, bruh, but I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it was so stressful. There were lines at all the places here in Dallas. GP, my GP was chilling. We were like, it's G- fine. What's that, GP? Really? What's that? my hood grand prairie uh shout, shout out. out to grand prairie <laughs> but really it was like so calm there and then i got to dallas like i crossed the line all of a sudden people fighting yeah. and got their cowboys gear on yeah, and they're for, i was like where y'all going y'all never go anywhere no way yeah they're like, i need gas <laughs> but i'm going home but i need it that was so unnecessary like and the gas prices are still mad high but yeah that was uh very unexpected i don't know why i didn't think of it but when it started happening i was like shit for real this is really happening anyways glad we made it through that hump because Oof. people were really going crazy after that and now we can officially welcome maria yolisma hey our uh, dear friend I think we got closer via social media because that's the power of the internet nowadays. Yep, yep. But um, we brought her in. She works with North Texas Dream Team. I'm going to let her give her her own little intro for us. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, good to be here. Um, so what I do is the community outreach for the North Texas Dream Team and Ooh. also been organizing for them for now about like six years or wow, so. Wow, I didn't know that yeah, was that long. So that's just, awesome. I mean, it's been, it's been a long fight, but well worth it in the end. Cool. Well, thank you for doing that. We brought her in because originally um, <clears throat> we were going to discuss SB4. I thought you said because her meme game was strong. Her meme game is damn strong. <laughs> okay. That's actually why I, actually, I call I mean, her a friend. To, I got an external hard drive. Stop! It's Dang. all filled up. 32 gig. It's all full of memes. Uh, gig? You talk, she, she talking about terabytes. Yeah. Talking about? Sorry. Sorry I'm all low class over here. I'm like, my only small flash drive has a gigabyte. We wanted to discuss these issues. I know you probably can speak much better than I can on them, as you know, the proper terminologies and everything. So it was some good news with us before, right? 
I don't know if you want to tell us a little more about that. Oh, yeah. So with SB4 um, stands for Senate Bill 4, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's basically kind of racial profiling law here in Texas, which would give probable cause to police officers to just pull someone over and ask for their immigration status. Right. So it was it was a long, hard battle with SB4 since the beginning in January. I mean, the Texas legislature made it no joke to really enforce on some of these laws, and Greg Abbott made it one of his top agenda right. priorities. But unfortunately, as we heard today, our Attorney General Ken Paxton also filed an appeal last Thursday so that the court could reinstate it. Jesus. So, he, so even if we'd had a positive, it's like going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did have that partial injunction happen, but then Ken Paxton was like, no, you know. So fuck Ken Paxton. I'm trying to flip shit up. So, wow. So yeah, it's, unfortunately, he filed for the Fifth Circuit Court to go and hear it and reinstate it. So see, I thought it would gonna, was going to be positive news. I didn't realize realize it was yeah. reinstated now no, yeah we just got the, this news right now wow so like- i didn't realize that at all and then today daca was rescinded is that the proper word mm-hmm. yes i feel like sometimes they just make up these words y'all yeah no there's, there's a lot of jargon <laughs> with it yeah and it i'm like because, because our community doesn't really understand exactly what these and it's are. like okay uh what the hell yeah i feel like yeah. george lopez what he's what he said yeah no that's for sure. Yeah, rescinded basically. And I and I hate this. I don't know. For those of you who kind of watched the <clears throat> what Jeff Sessions had to say this oh, morning. Oh, God. It was, it was sickening. It was a bunch of, like, bullshit. And when I was watching it, I was actually in class. But I was watching it. And as I'm watching it, he memorized the first portion of the speech. Wow. Because during it, then he had to pull out his readers. So I was like, this motherfucker. He was ready for Memorized, like, the speech, because he was like, I'm just here to announce that we're rescinding DACA. And then just goes on to some, like, bullshit, like, liberty, freedom, and taking away our jobs. All of the myths that you could possibly think of the immigrant narrative he was reinforcing. But, yeah, it's unfortunate news for a lot of people. I can't personally speak to it, but I have a lot of my uh, documented friends Mm-hmm. who you know need this time to grieve and i definitely agree that you know there is a time to fight and i think for the time being we need to make sure that we're also understanding and processing it as yes much as absolutely because these things tackle their mental health like right away no yeah and the north texas dream team is providing space for those who want to come out and um you know release some of that energy or just talk to somebody because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't really have anybody who understands this because the whole immigration stuff is so like you don't really understand what's going on and there's so much at stake and for you to try to explain that to someone else who doesn't know what's going on it's like whoa that's that's a lot to take on so i think to have somebody who's in that same situation to talk to and vent to could could help a lot of folks out so we're offering our headquarters space right here off of 12th and polk for folks who want to come out and just have a safe space to come and speak at that's awesome and i want to talk a little more about daca because i realize a lot of these things, unless they affect you directly, you might not necessarily know what SB4 is or you mm-hmm. might not know what DACA is. And DACA stands for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Essentially, it was, correct me if I'm wrong, what Obama created for DREAMers to have a way to be, as you said, documented mm-hmm. and and have the same access to education and these other things. I don't know if y'all remember in our first episode, Edwin was our guest and we discussed his experience with the process and as well as just his experience when he got pulled over and picked up and all of that and so all of these things again go hand in hand and are affecting our community and we need to fight them 
I, I say this for myself because I know a lot of times, maybe it's, I don't know if it's just me. I feel like it's something we can connect on is that our parents don't want us to go out and fight because they're afraid and it makes complete sense. My mom has always kind of been like, oh, I don't, I'd rather you not go to this protest or I, I know you kind of mentioned something like that yeah. as well. But I, I think especially us that are citizens and if you feel that passion, get up and go you know or, or donate your money or whatever because like north texas D dream team is doing a lot of the work on the front lines and we we need to give and help y'all where we can if we don't want to go out and fight in the streets or you know attend these rallies and things but it's so unbelievable like it's so disgusting again i had to take a break off of social media because i was just going and going and going and i want to make sure i provide this information to our platform as the colores as well so i like to kind of inform myself but at the same time it's like shit like it, it just starts weighing in on you when you know your friends or your family or yourself are gonna be affected by this shit yeah. and you're being targeted there's no other way to say it you are being targeted his first fucking speech was about us is it surprising that he wants to get us the fuck out no it's not and it shouldn't be and there's no reason to not be political at this point yeah. because if you're not no. then oh, yeah. you don't Everyone, care yeah. enough yeah i know somebody i know mentioned oh why are these artists getting political because we have to fucking have <laughs> we have to Seriously. our existence is under yeah. attack yeah. what else what other choice do we have at this point i know i sound mad radical on the show all the time and i try to keep it light <clears> but like i am very passionate about these things and well, i i, I, I don't know what else to, to do, do. it's important to do that because even you know i got close friends and family that don't you know aren't necessarily aware or don't really have the clarity i think that is is needed at right. a time like this but it's getting really it's getting near impossible to think that your community is not under attack mm -hmm. and i say that with as broad a statement as i can say it in because even if like you're a white male in some respects like you're probably gonna be on if you're a white gay male you're probably under attack yeah. But like there's so many other communities that are under attack right now. And it's like, you know, this idea of speaking up, like getting out and, and doing something about it, whatever way is productive is needed by so many people because right. it feels like, you know, so many people are under attack. And how, how are we banding together within our communities, you know, within our group of friends, within our group of family, within, you know, other communities that we share like minds with and, and right. things like that. So it's just really it's it's crazy to think that you can't be radical when the norm seems to be everyone needs to get the fuck out of here. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, I know when we're talking about immigration, often we think of Mexicans or we think of Latino people specifically. <clears throat> we're not the only immigrants here. Right. We're not the only oh, people yeah. that are going to be affected under DACA. And you need to keep an open mind to that as well, because there are black immigrants, there are Asian immigrants. And though we often get our narrative heard, other people don't. And we need to keep our heart and mind and soul open to those people as well, because they're fighting the same fight we are if not on a bigger different scale and we all need to really come together and support each other to fight these things because it's it is so difficult and even with this podcast sometimes i'm like i wonder if we'll ever get to like a peaceful enough place where we can like joke and laugh the whole episode instead of been, being like i'm fucking disgusted and sad and i'm masking it to put on this show for you guys but 
it, it is it's really difficult and I am very grateful that you came and kind of were willing to to share some of that experience here with us at the colores and feel free to jump in and the rest of our conversation we obviously love talking to you but I have a list that I believe United we dream put out and it is the DACA update five things to know about Trump's announcement to end DACA number one is that your DACA is valid until its expiration date number two I it has more details we can share it on our social media it's just a lot uh number two is that no new DACA applications will be accepted so they're saying to it's basically saying United States Citizenship and Immigration Services will no longer accept or process first-time applications after September 5th. So the DACA issuances and work permits expiring between now and March 5th, 2018 must be submitted for renewal by October 5th, 2017. Yeah. So from my understanding, you have to pay for that and it's not cheap. No, it's uh, 4.95. Yeah, so we need to yeah. start looking at those donations and things because I've seen some scholarships, I think, for that as well as like uh, some like GoFundMe's and things to help Mm -hmm. people pay for their applications which we can also share on our accounts the advanced parole to travel abroad is no longer available so don't do that we don't want to make anything more difficult since it's hard enough and number five they have on this list is we are united in this fight again it's so difficult like maria said take that time to mourn if you had to have to it's understandable you have to process these things and when you know you're directly under attack it's hard not to feel like shit even if you know your worth and how amazing you are it's hard to not feel like you're being stepped on so take your time and know that we're here for you and these spaces are available and if you want to do something with the colores let us know or if there's anything we can help even to north texas dream team let us know as well uh, we can hopefully make it out to those events anything else you want to share with us about these both sb4 and daca because i didn't realize the sb4 thing had happened i thought it was going to be more positive news and unfortunately ken paxton can go to hell and yeah so that he can um well <laughs> If anybody's looking for more information, you can follow us on Facebook at North Texas Dream Team. Uh, I always say that we're a resource to everybody. We're fighting with you and for you. So feel free to reach out. We're on. A, we're always on our social media. Yeah. Running around and doing all kinds of stuff. But That's good. We always That's make exciting. time for the community. Awesome. Well, thank you all for your work. We will hopefully be able to put your links out there and easily access, hopefully get you more, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say money, but that sounds kind of like, whatever. Anyways, so we're going to move on to a little bit more. I don't, this isn't positive news. I don't know why I said that. I'm like, A little more positive. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's terrible in case you didn't know. Thank you again, Maria. But Lil Wayne, one little. Who Pat is not a fan of. I mean, I'm not either, to be quite honest. Like, I I definitely love me some Go DJ. You mean he's one of the greatest rappers? I'm not even of about to get time. into it right now. But I, no, I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big either, Wayne man. fan, but like, I can respect you to a certain degree, whatever. I know every f boy out there is about to be mad at me and be like, "But the Carter Four, though." Blah. Okay, I know. <laughs> like every yeah. single time, but the Carter Four, though. I'm like, okay, that was how many years There's ago? There's only one Carter that I respect in the yep. rap game. Uh oh. <laughs> um, Lil Wayne is hospitalized again. I don't really want to waste that much time on this, but like, fam, quit drinking the lean. Drink some vegetables. Does lean make epilepsy worse? I would. Doesn't it seem like it? I mean, I granted, I don't think it like well, yeah, kills I mean, people, kills yeah. our rap faves. I can't assume it's good for them. Right? No. Yeah. I. I no, it's not. I understand a little lean. I know it's part of the culture, whatever. But if it, you're dying, yeah, like you're having mad seizures, bruh. Like, where's the positive? Yeah. Little seizures. <laughs> 
Stop. That's his new name. Wheezy F baby. <laughs> Little seizure baby. Wheezy Wheezy. This is bad. We're like making fun of seizures, aren't we? I'm we're sorry. We're not. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're trying to tell Wheezy to like take care of yourself, <laughs> to bro. To not be Wheezy anymore. Yeah. And to drink some <laughs> kale juice Little instead. healthy. That should be your new name, bro. Little, Little healthy. healthy. Come to the central market that we're being yeah. gentrified here. Boom. Pick up some veggies. It'll be great. This is actually really awesome. I was very fucking excited about this. Los Angeles, their city council has voted and decided to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. How fucking Yay. cool is that? Um, in case you didn't know, Columbus is a piece of shit. You probably mm. maybe didn't learn that in school because they like to make you think that he was amazing and discovered this place and made it all fine and dandy for everyone. But in reality, they like they killed people and um, yeah. destroyed it in a way. And so definitely more important to celebrate the indigenous people that were originally here instead of Christopher Columbus. So shout out to Los Angeles. Hopefully more cities will follow because that's really cool. This is just a note. I don't like the terminology, as you all have heard a million times from me now, of Hispanic, but Heritage Month is coming up. And that's kind of cool, even though we're, like, fucking under attack and scared for our lives right now. Pretty neat. I believe it starts in about maybe two weeks, less than two weeks. It's coming up pretty soon. So I just thought that I would bring that up. Of course, the Colores decided to make a do a Black Lives Matter art show and... That's what our discussions have been circling around because we wanted to make sure that we stay woke and respect our fellow communities that have helped us in this fight. So yeah. now we can discuss uh, probably what's made Rafa sick. I, I'm at a loss for words right now. Oh my God. These, um, I've Game been of waiting Thrones this finale entire time to discuss this. Yeah, oh, I was going to say Insecure because oh. that's like my favorite show of oh, all time. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Don't make fun of me. No, I'm not. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like making fun of the fact that I had to wait so long to watch Insecure. But now I'm like ready. You're ready forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to discuss Game of Thrones? I feel like it's whatever. The internet discusses it all the time. So yeah. Like, what more Not really. Say? You got to wait two years. That's a long time. Anyways, Game of Thrones <laughs> was entertaining as I've only been watching the last few episodes. Y'all will be fine. Time will pass. Time will pass. It'll be all right. Y'all could pick up a Harry Potter series or wow. watch Lord of the Rings. No, It'll not right. Lord. That one's too long I, and boring. There are seven seasons in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So what's your point? What are we getting at? L you said Lord of the Rings is too long. Oh, but that's because that one's like mad boring throughout the whole thing. But uh, I want to reread Harry Or just rewatch my family. Pat, anyways. No, Pat. I was, I'm not trying to reread Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, that's great, but she I'm trying to like. She got way too excited at that. Because I actually really do. <laughs> just do it like Nike. Because Chris was talking about it on the read. And I, I oh, yeah? Cool. Anyway. God, Rafa. No, I was. He's Anyways, like, cool. like so a quick update on Insecure so we can jump into our interview. <laughs> team Lawrence. Hashtag Team Lawrence. How are you still Team Lawrence? How are you not Team Lawrence? Because you have a logical brain. Honestly, I'm I think saying, boys no, just side not, with Team Lawrence because no, he's a boy. No, 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 no. I'm not Team Lawrence because I'm anti-Issa. I want Issa to get her shit together because I'm like... Like Lawrence did? She got really upset about some things that she's being hypocritical about. Oh, shit, I'm oh, sorry. Shit, we're like mad Spoiler spoiling. alert. Sorry, Maria. Anyways, it, that's like pretty vague. You'll get that in the first episode. And then like when they fight, they don't like really resolve anything because... You know, How if, many if, couples do that? No, How but many I'm, couples resolve? No, but I'm saying, I just, I want the spoiler alert. I don't want Insecure to drag this out over like four seasons. I don't think they will. You don't think, I think so? I think they're smart enough to like kill that and start something else. I think. Okay. I really don't know. 
but I feel like they're a smart enough writer's room. Anyways, finale's coming up. Yeah. Definitely a lot of overreacting happening from certain characters, but yeah. I guess it makes for an entertaining TV show, so yeah, there we go. And we would like to give a happy late birthday shout out to the god queen herself. The god queen herself. <laughs> Beyonce, <laughs> as we wrap up the juice. I don't know, I just, she's another person where it's like, shit, they've done so much amazing art that like you kind of forget because you're like so used to it. H time. Yeah, and she just keeps bringing it though. Like she outdoes herself every time. So shout out to, as your fave Jay Z said, the greatest entertainer of all time or living entertainer. I think is what he said. Maybe I'm misquoting myself. I mean Jay Z. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is the juice for this week. Now we can. Jump to our interview. Woo! I now have the pleasure of welcoming a friend of mine to the Colores Radio. Her name is Erika Chilome. Erika Chilome, born Erika Granados de la Rosa, is a literary artist, performer, educator, and cultural worker based in North Texas. A child of Salvadorian and Mexican immigrant activists, she was raised in social justice movements grounded in the tradition of spiritual activism. She holds a BA in social and political philosophy with an emphasis on social justice from Loyola University, Chicago, and an MA in multicultural women's studies from Texas Women's University, where she researched focused on the decolonial power of spiritual artivism. Erika has been asked to share her poetry and speak on social justice issues on multiple media platforms and in spaces around the country, including TEDx, which is like the TED Talk, the Huffington Post, GLAAD, the Tucson Poetry Festival, Prindle Institute for Ethics, the Dallas Museum of Art, Duke University, the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, and the Texas Democratic Convention. She has published numerous articles, essays, and poems, including a collection of poetry that explores queer mestizaje in the diaspora entitled She Speaks Poetry. Praised by the founder of Democracy Now in Español as a must-read for those yearning to discover new ways to open up to deep personal and global transformation. She currently serves as a faculty member and director of the presidential award-winning initiative, the Clemente Course for the Humanities at El Centro College, and was recently named Top 25 Most Influential Artists in the DFW in 2017 by Artist Uprising Magazine. Amazing, right? Please welcome to the show, Erika Chilome. Thank you so much for being here. Ooh, un aplauso. so fancy. Oh, shit. I know. I bring the real. Y'all did it at the same time. We didn't plan it. It was felt. Oh, my gosh. So welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Before we begin, I wanted to tell y'all a story of how I met Erika. So do y'all mind if I do that real quick? Let's hear it. So I think it was my sophomore year of college. I had just had like a really terrible, rough summer with my mental health and just discovered my personal problems. So at that time, I was very introverted. I was really deep and lost in myself. AKA being in college as a person of color. (laughs) Honestly, that's the damn truth. But we went to see Maria Enijosa, who's the amazing journalist uh, and host of Latino USA on NPR and she went to UNT and they had like a meet and greet and then she gave like a like a lecture and afterwards she had time for Q&A and someone was up there I couldn't see the mic because it was behind me 
And someone went up there, and their voice is amazing. Y'all are going to hear her. I know my my raunchy <laughs> voice is still on here. But <laughs> she goes up there sounding all poetic. And I was just like, holy shit. And she, she basically explained to Maria how grateful she was for her representation and how she wanted to do work similar to hers and change the world, how Maria was changing it. And she was just so grateful for her experiences and for her spreading the knowledge that we need in this community, essentially. And so I was like shooketh because I was like, damn, she said what I needed. I wish I could say to Maria. And I was like, I need to find out who that is. I need to go say something to them. I want to be their friend. I want to talk to them. And so I was just like, oh, my God. And so afterwards, I went up to her and I was like, thank you so much for saying that. Like someone needed to tell her and you said it. And I'm so glad. And so then after that, we realized I think we had more friends and connection and kind of were like you know part of similar groups and such but I was just like holy shit and now like I found out she was a poet you know a poet and an artist and an amazing person and that's how I met Erika but I wanted to bring her in because I thought we needed this so that's my story of how I met her and she was all sweet and gave me a hug and I still love her so welcome hey, I love you too <laughs> and I just want to say that I'm so honored to be in this room to be with y'all, such high caliber Aww. minds and producers and movers and shakers in our city. And like, and I'm just sitting here listening to the show and I'm just like, hell the fuck yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like when you sit in a place where you feel like you don't have to add anything because everybody's already at that level. Yeah. Everybody's already being radical as fuck. So you ain't even got to bring shit to the table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to going to college. Right. And, and having have to, to buy your We're not even getting paid to be yeah. the ones who are teaching these people. Yes. Like, hey, we need to be thinking a little bit more complex. We right. need to be thinking a little bit wider about what is our reality in our world. And um, and so I really appreciate that. I hadn't remembered where we met. Aww, and so yeah. I, I, I like this story. And one of the one of the questions I did ask Maria was, you know, how do you move? in the world in the ways that she's moved in terms of her career success and projection Mm -hmm. and not lose that integrity and that voice to be radical and or you know now I feel like that was some years ago now I feel like what I'm being told by a lot of elders is you don't lose that integrity you know you're more smart you're you're smarter about how you navigate and where you speak and how you speak and you're more intentional and strategic about where you do it and how you do it right because I can tell you know you listen to Maria doing interviews and you could tell that girl want to go off but she oh, doesn't absolutely. Yeah. right but she doesn't she holds that integrity and she knows this is a longer game right this is a longer game so for me it's like to see older you know elders i don't know how old maria is but like older people that are have been doing this work yeah you know more longer long than time. we've been alive right I'm saying, and the masterfulness that they learn how to do this with, it's like, it's powerful. So I really, Definitely. I mean, she was so beautiful to meet her. Oh, absolutely. She was amazing. But we're going to begin with a few episodes ago, we discussed more about identity and we spoke with someone about her personal identity. So we want to begin with how do you identify? Mm. Dang, I forgot this is like an interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm still going to the Oakland questions. Cultural Center just <laughs> kicking with some homies. I'm mean, like, damn, what do you identify as? <laughs> you like, I mean, we can no, just keep kicking it and just erase all these questions. And yeah. just squirt. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so for me, it's very important, right? This is this is a big piece of my work as a performance artist, as a writer, as an intellectual that's that's more visible. A few years ago, I began to identify as an, uh, a mestiza indígena, mm-hmm. right? An indigenous woman with indigenous roots. My father's from El Salvador. My 
my mother's from Mexico. My mother is mestiza. My many generations, and my father is mestizo first generation. My grandmother was Lenca Maya, mm-hmm. and so you know there there are really important reasons why I do this. You know, one because I feel like it's important that we understand how language becomes a weapon, and you've already talked about this, right? Like the term Hispanic linking us to erasing our indigenous identities, linking right. us to a whiteness that that we have never had the privilege of engaging, at least those of us who are mestizos, you know, racialized mestizos. So I think that, like, for me, in the conversation about immigration, when we call ourselves indigenous people, that most of the mestizos in the Southwest and in Texas, in Dallas, Mm -hmm. we are indigenous peoples or we have indigenous blood. We are descendants of indigenous peoples. So when you tell us you're an immigrant or a foreigner on this land, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's easy for them to do that when we accept terms that sever us from our roots to this land that are more than hundreds of thousands of years old, right? right? So for me, it's like, you know, and this is the Chicano movement, right? This is the core of what the Chicano movement was, is that we be- this is our land. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not ours in the sense of we own it, but it's ours in the sense of we belong here and we've lived here for longer than Europeans ever, you know, <laughs> expanded right. from their civilizations. We were already flourishing and we were migrating always on this continent, Absolutely. you know? And so, so I identify as a, a mujer indígena, pero recognizing, you know, ethnically I'm, I'm Latina, ethnically mm-hmm. I grew up in a pan, you know, a mixed nationality in, in, in the U.S., uh, speaking Spanish, you know, all the things that we know. And then also, you know, I recognize that racially I align myself as an indigenous person, Native mm-hmm. American person. And opening those conversations in my work with northern Native people and indigenous people from all over the Americas, we have to start having those conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I know our listeners are like, wow. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, like, if you just take that little snippet and, and just really like interpret those words and lay that as a foundation like and that's I mean who do you a, think moved for indigenous people's day in LA yeah. It was us. Yeah. It was Rasa that was For on sure. the front lines yes. and saying, we are indigenous people. When we talk about what was happening in San Diego when white supremacists were trying to tear down, did y'all hear about that? They were trying to destroy Chicano Park, which yes, was, is a really historical park for our people. They were trying to vandalize it as, as a reactionary to the monuments being taken down. And yeah. who showed up at the park to defend it? Elders were like, we've been, we've been protecting this park since the 63. Mm. We ain't going nowhere. We yeah. showing up with our, you know, yeah. I'm saying, with our tactics and everything and 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 that park is where we do ceremony mm-hmm. where we hold on to our indigenous traditions they they scatter ashes of activists of chicano activists indigenous activists who have fallen wow. in the line of duty of protecting our people and our lands there in that park wow. you know and saying so we have ties to this land that we need to remember that supersede any fucking like immigration law right. or the like bullshit, bullshit you know yeah. what i'm saying Definitely. and like and, and yossi mad reyes who is a wonderful poet from california also uh, a big face for for undocumented students and DACA's people, documented people. He says, shout out to the to the parents who are undocumented who still grind, even if they don't, if they've never had documentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been building our alternative economies underground for since forever. Yeah. And we've Absolutely. been thriving and surviving, building businesses, owning houses the ways we do it. Yeah. You know I'm saying, and that creativity has never lo- left us. Right. And that's how we survive. Yeah, we don't need your, your no. law, your fucking permission no. to live. No, we don't yeah. need your fucking permission <laughs> to be happy, to live, yeah. to continue with our lives, you know what I'm saying and we're going to defend ourselves how we've always defended ourselves from the time of conquest Mm -hmm. we are still here and when hispanic people (laughs) my quotes in the air you know when they when they don't honor the fact that we have we are the survivors of indigenous peoples who survived genocide Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying when we don't own that we lose we sever the resource of the spirit that keeps us moving 
And so we have to be proud of that. We have to learn from our elders and, and challenge the language of how we conceive ourselves. I'm saying, I hear y'all. It gets heavy, man. Mm-hmm. It gets heavy, and I hear y'all. But you are a part of a legacy of generations of people who have taken to mics and radio and all of these things to send a message to people. Alternative to medias that have always been out to destroy us. And we need you. You're going to make we me cry. We need I, you. I, I cried like two <laughs> times already. You, like, you know, yeah. I'm growing up in, the, in a movement family, I'm a part of a larger, you know, I can see when I was little. I mean, this has been happening for generations. For wow. hundreds of years, we've been in war. Mm-hmm. For hundreds of years, we've been in war. More than 500 years, we've been in war. Yeah, whether you realize it or not. Right. And so, you know, we're just picking up the legacy and the tools. And this mic is a tool. This pen is a tool. And saying our prayers are tools. Like, these are all things that have always kept us alive. And they haven't failed us yet. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Saying, so we doing shit right, man. Yes. Come on, fam. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm ready to buy it. <laughs> Talk, like, Eddie, Wow! Forget all these questions. Uh, I'm sorry. We can not, move on. <laughs> I like you know I like to talk. So when I was sitting here all quiet, I'm like, ooh, 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 gentrification, yeah. ooh, and even Game of Thrones, y'all. Even Game of Thrones. I'm like, that shit is a we metaphor should've... for what we live in right, right now. Right now. Right now. I said, White Walkers, your Trump supporters. Y'all, y'all, come on, come on, and just like they have dragons and they got uh-huh. all this spiritual bullshit, we do too. Yeah. Yeah. We do too. Yeah. We do too. Juego de Thrones, nah. Watch it so I can read all that. Ooh. No, yeah, it's real. It's, it's, it is very similar. So tell us. On to the interview. I'm like, I'm sorry to break it up. I really love you guys, but tell us briefly about your upbringing and how you ended up in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, okay, so I was born to two campesinos, indígenas, indígenas de nacimiento, right, of like my parents... You know, my, the first time my brother, my my brother, my father ever wore a pair of shoes when when he was 19 years old. Wow! Right, so he de campo lived mm-hmm. off of what he grew. My mother was a um, one of of 12 kids who grew up farm worker, like in the Southwest, following the crops, like many of our people. And she ended up uh, being involved in the church and going to D.C. And my father and my mother met during the uh, in the late 80s during the Third World Liberation Movements when apartheid was happening in South wow. Africa when the militarization was happening in Latin America and that's where my father came from he came to escape the war in El Salvador that was all funded by the U.S. you know what I'm saying spoiler still, alert it's right yeah. still funded by the yeah. U.S. Um, although shout out to my mi gente that have passed a law in El Salvador to, against mining nice. which mining has been a huge impetus yeah. for colonization of the you know of capitalism neo-capitalism and so anyway so they, they met in D.C. as activists right you know my dad's that's a good looking man you know what I'm saying so he's coming Goals, up into the community yeah. meeting and shit and there's the intern at the church and she all fly with her long hair all all passionate and shit and sexy to him and so you know what I'm saying they got together had a brief love affair you know what I'm saying had Had some kids kids. and then of course like you know a part of what we don't talk about often is the generational trauma of going through all of this violence Mm. so a lot of our families hold a lot of PTSD I mean literally my father came from war and saying my mother living a slave labor in the field like that as a woman you know what I'm saying the shit is not easy mm-hmm. so you know it makes hard for, for loving each other in healthy ways and we can all feel that you know we have issues uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and part of our activism has to be acknowledging that we got issues yes, yeah. taking care of <laughs> taking self care corner shout out <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so so they met, you know, but they divorced, right? So mm-hmm. they divorced. It was a real nasty separation. I moved around a lot with my mother. Um, at some point, she wanted to come back to Texas because Texas has always been like a place for her where she grew up a little bit when she came to the United States. I lived here, uh, lived in East Dallas in a neighborhood that no longer exists anymore. Wow. Oh, por ahí, por Knox and Henderson. Oh, yeah. Shit's gone. I drove through there yesterday. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yep. This is wild. I don't even know where I'm at no more. Um, and so, you know, I grew up on those streets. You know what I'm saying? Little hood kid. All right, you know. <laughs> that was, you know, I graduated from an alternative school because I was also a bad kid, but not because I fought other people because I, you know, I was the radical ass 13 year old was like, that's a lie. <laughs> White people are racist. Oh you know what I'm saying? So they like gave me detention and tried to send me to it. Anyway, long story short. <laughs> so I uh, left Texas, went back to DC a little bit with my pops, went to Chicago to go to school, came back for grad school, fell in love. Ooh. Oh, so beautiful. And then that ended. <laughs> and uh, and I've been here because I feel like I've been called to stay here. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about the brain drain and the artist drain, the intellectual drain. Everybody wants to leave the South because, right, you know, we, exactly. and, and then I understand it. Justifiable. You want to be nurtured. You want to find communities that are already kind of developed in these activist, artistic ways. But I feel very committed to, you know, to, to making Dallas a base because I feel like we're needed here, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I, I've been rooting myself in different projects. I've run an open mic here and, and just the people. And also, you know, the spiritual family out here, right? From San Antonio to San Marcos to Houston, like, I'm saying a lot of picking up our indigenous ways and, and learning how to do that. So so I've been here in Texas, man, and I love it. Good. We're glad you're here. We, we as the Colores, strongly identify with that calling to, to be yeah. here and create this place here because it is necessary not just to escape the South because we know in other places we might feel more comfortable or accepted or our purpose might fe- be more felt there. Which I won't knock, though, of like, you know, I, I travel often. I'm actually on my way to Cuba on Friday. And, Jeez. you know, and I just came back from California. And it's important for us to go visit, you know, Absolutely. like communities that are doing things. So we can bring all of that back here. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'll never knock people that want to leave for no, a little no, while. not at all. But come back. Come yes. back because, you know. We bring back that knowledge all and of power. All of it. So then <laughs> when did you know you wanted to be an artist? <sighs> when my depression was so bad I had no other choice. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And that was in college, just Mm -hmm. like you were explaining when we met. Like, I mean, mental health. Like, I mean, and I had hit a block because in college I was a diehard activist. I mean, they tried to kick me out of school. I was being surveillance. Like, it was crazy. It was really, I was leading an anti-racism movement. Shout out to my people who in that generation, we we really mobilized things in Chicago. But, you know, to the detriment of, of, you know, of my mental health. And so, you know, it was like, oh, man, the first time I went out to an open mic and there was like three of us there and people were like, well, fuck it, we're still going to share. So I have been writing things, little depressing poems and shit. Hey, whatever works. (laughs) And I went up there and it was so important for me to realize that this was a resource that we could use to like heal ourselves, mm-hmm. right? To like express in, in our traditional ways because poetry and music and art and performance has all been a part of our people forever, you know? And, and that's our medicine in, in a lot of different ways. So, so you know, depression drove me there, like all, a lot of artists. But um, what kept me there was this idea that, you know, art is, is, is a larger conversation with the soul, 
that I think the, the intellectual exercise of politics hits dead ends because it's it's we're so trapped in this idea of who's right and who's wrong, right? And we and that binary doesn't allow us to conceive of how complex experiencing life is. I'm saying how we change from day to day, from conversation to conversation, interaction to interaction. And so, you know, a lot of my friends will say it's art, not argument, right? Like it's mm-hmm. art, not argument. It's truth, regardless of how you feel it and understand it. And you can feel it and understand it in so many different ways, right? Like a story is not one answer that looks like this. Every time you hear the story it sounds different you get something different from it and our elders always know that mm-hmm. our ancestors have always known that right. so you know so yeah so I stay as an artist and I identify more as an artist but that doesn't mean I'm not an activist right. I think art is totally the necessary activism that we need to align ourselves with the people on the ground activists DACA folks like it always has to go hand in hand yeah. and it always has and that's the beauty of identity <clears throat> is you can be all these things mm-hmm. you don't have to just be one thing or the other before I forget how was it for you to grow up bicultural because I know my cousins might be Salvadorian and Mexican but they're only hanging out with their Mexican family and they're in Texas so like how much do you really know besides pupusas and you know so I mean and that's something that we in Texas forget there are so many other identities in this Latinidad and and so that's why you know Central American Twitter gets mad at Mexican Twitter because we do forget and we aren't paying attention to their issues because we're selfish in that way you know so but I will say when I walked into Fiesta by my house there was a whole Salvadorian section man we in here you know what I'm saying and and Dallas like man I talked to every Mexican they all got Salvadorian family members Uh somebody's married somebody and it's it's like I get like really proud of the fact that we're growing in numbers Centro Americanos in general because uh-huh. we had, I mean you know we're we're such little countries right. and I get proud that we're, we're more visible but then it's also I get depressed too because it's like we're here because we continuously begin di- displaced by the violence Gosh. that's happening in Central America but to answer your question I mean I certainly think that like you know like many of us like from divorced families, like our identities get pushed and pulled depending on what the, where, what communities we grow up with and what parent we grow up with. So, I mean, when I was younger, my father was very intentional about instilling his cultural pride in me. So I got a lot of, of, of Salvadorian base when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. it was like the food and, the, and I was living in D.C. in the DMV area, which is like one of the most populated Salvadorian wow. cities in the country outside of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so I was surrounded by, you know, Salvadorians and Dominicans, black folks, which is like a lot of people are like, you mix with black? I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> Not that I know, but it's like we grew up on the same streets in, in the East Coast and that's mm-hmm. how we live. But, you know, my, my mother, who was less kind of tied to her Mexican identity for whatever personal reasons she had, I didn't really understand what it meant to be a Mexican until I moved to Texas and I was like, oh shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You'll feel it. Yeah. I'm living in Mexico now, right? It's like, whoa. <laughs> so. The paletero bills. You're here. (laughs) Right? And so, I mean, I think that, like, it's really complex to hold both of those identities because of the history of the people, right? And Mm -hmm. the the current politics of it. Like, yeah. You know, Salvadorians have a really, we have very violent histories um, that include violence from the the nation state known as Mexico, you know what I'm saying? And currently now. And so there's a lot of violence and discrimination entre nuestra gente. And so it's always interesting. You know, my my Salvadorian families talk shit about Mexicans. My Mexican family talks 
shit about Salvadorians. It's like this constant thing. But I will say that, like, in terms of, you know, what wins my heart, like, I'm definitely more Caribeña Centroamericana in terms of music. Mm -hmm. I'm like down with the bachata, the merengue, <laughs> you know, tropical, like mango, like all of that. Uh -huh. But, you know what I'm saying? The, the Norteñas and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, maybe this is my radical ass side. It's like, I can't identify with that polka music, man. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that on my make heart hurts. <laughs> <laughs> But then on the flip, it's like tamales mexicanas. Hey. There is nothing comparing to that in yeah. <laughs> my life. You We know agree. what I mean? Yeah. La tortilla. You know, like there's so many things about Mexican culture that will never, you know, that will always have a really special place in my heart. Well, we're glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. No, but I think that is an interesting complexity that you don't necessarily realize. And something else that you've, I, I know you've brought it up in your work, and it's something I really connected with uh, you about. And it's kind of difficult to discuss, but we want to discuss it because we're talking Black Lives Matter for our upcoming art mm -hmm. show. And that's the theme. And like a, a lot of Latinos don't necessarily understand that movement. And so I want to discuss a little bit of your experience because it wasn't until speaking with someone like you that I really understood, like I was very influenced by black culture yeah. and I grew up very around black culture and with it. Yes. And you have to understand the difference between, you know, appropriating yeah. it and yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you can right, discuss of course. that a little more. We, we actually bonded off of growing up watching the Parkers. Yes, Moesha, one-on-one, <laughs> was good. UPN in the building. Right, and yeah. it, it was during that time in those critical years where it's like we turn on the TV and there was, at that time, there was a lot of black representation on yeah. basic cable, right? Mm -hmm. For like people who didn't have access hey, to like, yeah. you know what I mean, cable TV, sure. all that. I mean, so we're talking about the, the similarities in terms of class, you know, in terms of like what we were being exposed to, what dominant culture was coming through. I mean, I think like anybody who hears me speak who hears me like do my music my art my performance you you can tell I was yes. raised in neighborhoods with black people mm -hmm. and like and influenced by hip-hop influenced by all of those things and I think that like it's so crazy for me to hear you know like some of my cousins I'm putting my family on blast but it's important sometimes you got it right some of my cousins who are who are so anti-black but be some of the most hood motherfuckers exactly. I've ever I interacted with and I'm just yeah. like how the fuck you gonna be out here your whole aesthetic your whole the way you talk the, the music you listen to and what you gonna, wear everything. And, and then you're gonna be talking shit about black people it makes no, no sense and so at some point we have to really be open to the reality that we've walked along together for a long time mm -hmm. and vice versa. I mean, you meet black folks, especially in Texas and the South, they grew up with Mexicans. They grew mm -hmm. up going to the, you yeah. know, the to paletero, the <laughs> to the quince, to the like, you know what I'm saying, to the the, the grocery stores. Yeah. Like, they grew up, you know, around us and we've always walked together. I mean, that's something that's undeniable and something that we really need to be serious about acknowledging and honoring and tapping into as a resource. So like, yeah, I mean, I think that like, it's important for me to recognize and give homage mm -hmm. to like the people who influenced me were mostly black women, black intellectuals, black women intellectuals, black women artists. So, you know, I, I always say that and recognize that. And I think it's important for us to speak on that. And hip hop is something that, and we talked a little bit about this, it's like, this was a coming together of Caribbean, Latino, black, yeah, indigenous absolutely. people. The start of hip hop. I mean, this was our movement as black and brown folks. We came together in a time similar to this one and said, yo, we need to create our own mainstream culture. And we did. Yeah. And, and we now did. it's running things. You know what I'm saying? And now it's an influential thing around the world right yes definitely <laughs> so 
I just needed to get that out there. Because, right, because it's important to but, say. But I mean, and we don't discuss it. I mean, I know I've talked to Rafa about it, but when you grow up around it, you don't realize it, and then you don't realize how problematic you and your family are. Right, because and, one thing it's like also, you know, to, to on that point of like, I might have grown up with it, and I grew up in hoods where it was like Latinos said the N-word. Oh, yeah. Like, no I mean, thing. I think that's something oh, yeah. Dallas like, as a whole is Dallas. guilty That was in of. Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah. no, like, like real talk. Right, but, and, and, and it was important... At at some point for me to recognize how to position myself in this conversation. I could grow up my whole life around black culture, but I'm not a black bodied person. Right. I do not read as black. Like, and, I, and that has to be a really mindful thing on my end of saying, Absolutely. okay, if they're inviting a poet to, for instance, I got an invitation to do a Kwanzaa event. And I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable taking up that space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we have to recognize how we can engage with each other in ways that are respectful and honor right. that we've walked together, we've influenced each other yet we have very different experiences on a day-to-day moment-to-moment reality Definitely. and not you know and we can the politics of which who's who has it worse or less like we it have it different politics we have yeah. it different and we are we are we either way we're looking at it we're all under attack yeah no for sure i mean that's why we decided to make it the black lives matter topic next because we were like we know our community doesn't understand it we yeah. know we don't understand right. You know, that we have been fighting this shit together and they pit us against each Mm -hmm, other. So mm -hmm. we need to, like, work through this, talk about this, and then progress together in order to actually, you know... Get somewhere. And we have so much to offer each other. I mean, black folks have been here for generations moving through systems and creating alternative systems like historically black universities. They've gotten into politics in ways that we haven't yet, right? right? And we're, we're still new in generations. And then also we come as a freshly, a lot of indigenous traditions of knowing how to grow food, knowing how to, how to you know, these, these skill sets that like, you know, black folks in the inner cities have been severed from, right? And so how do we share that, right? How in communities are we building alternative economies together where we can bring fresh produce you know, y'all can bring this like what we mm-hmm. have to give and share with each yeah. other you know what i'm saying together. definitely so what have, what would you say has been your biggest motivating factor along the way in general in life yes in life i realized the other day that i think i shared this with you not the other day but it feels like the other day <laughs> that i might be the first woman in a couple hundred years to have reached this age and be able to wake up and do whatever i want with my body and my time you know, by my age, my ancestors and my mother line, they all had kids. They were yeah, all in very true. violent, you know, relationships with men. I'm the first one that has been educated to this degree. I'm the first one that's been able to live a free life where I can move how I want to, et cetera, et cetera. And so I take that as a really intense responsibility to do a lot of healing work for my ancestors and for my descendants. And I want to heal a lot of the trauma that I hold because all of us hold that. Mm-hmm. When we hear the, you know, 45 gets selected, we hold that in our body. When we grieving with our brothers and sisters on you know that are dependent on DACA for human rights we're grieving that in our body we're holding that we're making decisions in response to that that may or may not be the best we're angry and we hold hundreds of years of anger in our bodies and so for me it's like every move that I make artistically spiritually politically I do it with the intention of of making sure that my descendants are going to have something that I'm going to be a good ancestor that I'm going to be a link to do something better if I can't fully do it well myself I will try my hardest so that they can 
continue that work. And our parents did that. And I'm saying our parents did that when they crossed over, when they came here, when they decided to come here not knowing the language and being completely victimized and facing all types of violence. And we owe it to our to our people to be courageous in whatever we do. And so as a mujer, a mujer mestiza, a brown mujer, for me to get up, spit my poems, be vulnerable, like do all these different things, write plays, whatever it is, write Wee. books, like I'm going to do it. And I'm yeah. going to do it with intention. And I'm going to be political as fuck and I'm going to be honest as fuck and I'm going to do my best to make sure my people are getting what they need from it and that I can share my medicine for now and forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and it's very felt as soon as someone talks to you. It feels very genuine and you feel like, oh shit, okay, I can do this. Or, you know, you just, you whatever it may be, whatever the topic oh, is, and that's yeah. what I think makes it so easy to talk to you and mm. makes us love you and it, you know I don't even I can brag about you but <laughs> I, I, I'm i gonna go back cause you were share, you shared the story of when you met Erika hey. my love and story and so that. like <laughs> I got to now well no we uh, <laughs> this was back when I was working with we had created a play called Dreamers with Caramia hey, and so out. we were doing a reading at uh, I forget the church but it was a conference for Latinos Against Domestic Violence mm-hmm. so after we did this stage reading there was several different rooms that talked about certain topics and I walked into a room with with my homie my what you know one of one of my like just straight up homies I can I can count on her for anything and she's always supportive of everything right that I do that we do uh Priscilla Rice Aww. and so yeah. I wrote I walked Love in there you, with Priscilla, Priscilla Rice and we were sitting next Priscilla. to each other and then like this group engaged in conversation and then there was there was a, a few people there all of them seemed to have like I don't want to say clouded vision, but didn't really see, you know, the the through the smoke of of what was really going on when we were trying to talk about the the theme of the conference, which was Latinos Against Domestic Violence. And then Erica said something, and then me and Priscilla just looked at each other like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, like she's not from here, or, or I don't know. What, we don't see, know what you do that to no, people. where she came from. And so, like immediately after that session was over, like we walk up to her, and Priscilla's like, "Yo, we're doing this, and you know, I I do this over there, and and Ralph does this, and maybe we can figure something out, and blah blah." And like the rest was history. Like you know, we've all yeah, and it's but. To the point of what Eva is saying and to the story that she shared, it's moments like that. Like, I could count on on my hands, you know, the moments with people that had such an impactful and profound, like, you know, just, just little instance in my life that, like, really said, you know, what I'm doing is right or what I'm doing is, is at least productive in the mm-hmm. sense of, you know, there's there's a there's like a long term goal that isn't within my lifetime. It's like this generational thing. When you talk about, you know, what, what our black brothers and sisters have done and what our community in particular is working towards, like there's moments throughout people's lives I feel like that say, Hey, look, you're you're doing the right thing. Like you're on the right path. Yeah. And that <laughs> moment, that day was one of those moments. And I remember you know, with Priscilla Wright. No. <laughs> That's what we're going for. No. no, but for real. And like you're talking no, it is. And, 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 I mean and that's where it I mean, there are people that we all have these different titles or whatever we want to claim but it is truly felt and seen yeah. with you and thank that's why you. we're grateful to have Good you here and things. and thankful for your work here in yeah. Dallas but I just want to say real quick I know I'm no go for it you're good Priscilla Rice Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay like Priscilla, Priscilla Rice, Rice. So I remember it was here in the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. After I'd met her, I ran into her here. I came to an event. I don't remember what it was, maybe Verse and Rhythm. Yeah. And she were walking through the gallery, and she's like, we got to get you to audition for something. I was like, Priscilla, what? Yeah. She's like, we got to get you to audition for something. Like, you got, man, we're going to get you to get on stage. You're going to do some theater. I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. (laughs) 
She wasn't. And she was not playing. Was, and no, here I'm, I'm about t- to produce a, a, a show with Caramilla. Yeah. And I remember I went, I was like, all right. So she sent me an audition for something. I went and auditioned. I came back. I said, Priscilla, um, it feels like the only options we have is like to play a prostitute or a maid or like, what, a, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to do that. She's like, I know. That's what it is. And I was like, man, maybe we should just write our own shit. And wow. so we did. <laughs> Yeah, no, for real. So, and Priscilla has been this affirming, just pure loving voice for me. And she, seeing she's an older sister, she's older than me, and and like, and it's just, it's amazing. I love her so much, and even hasta yeah. ahora, yeah. she is one of the most supportive people really in my she fucking even life. With us. With like us, Jesus with, yeah, Christ, with, and she deserves everything good, everything yeah. good. And so shout out to Priscilla, shout who out. Was probably listens you. to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She excited honestly, about no, it. She's one of those, one of those oh, human beings. Man. It's like you know, she brings it. That's Crystal City, Texas, right there. Right. So she brings Part that, that, that experience. Yes. And she brings that Hell spirit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Priscilla's always, always been Priscilla, very supportive. We yeah. love you. We anyway, do. shout out. It's an Erika and Priscilla appreciation episode. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, I'm honored. <laughs> I don't even throw away the interview. Whatever. <laughs> Next. I don't even want to keep going with my like Girl, simple ass going. questions. Just go. let me go get Let's some go. Kleenex yeah. real quick. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the intersectionalities of race and et cetera. Uh-huh. How, how have you navigated your understanding and what like best advice would you give for us to progress? Man, like this goes back to courage, right? Because I, I I came out as a queer person in 2000, 2008, 2009 by accident, completely. And my father, <laughs> with, your, with your parents, my father, yes. <laughs> it was a terrible story. Oh. It was like you know I was going to this conference. I like printed out. I sent this print out of my laptop it was like finals I was headed to this conference it was a collection of poetry and the dedication page said dedicated to all the women who are not afraid to love other women mm. and when I and if something happened I had to print it out of a computer instead I went home my brother had just connected this wireless printer in my father's office oh, and was teaching how to use it apparently when I overnight it sent the the <laughs> Command to it was print. meant to be, and uh, and he he texted me in the morning, real real you know real suave like you have something downstairs. I oh my god, yours. you know, and and I was like, oh yeah, thanks. And I'm trying to play it off like, oh shit, you know, thank you. Uh huh. But he's, I was like, yeah, this is for a conference. He's like, uh huh. Y qué hacen en estas conferencias? And I'm like, oh, well, we do this. Da, 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 da. And he's like, and you talk about gay things or oh what? Gosh. And I was like, actually, Dad, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Then the dramatic music plays. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He like falls back in his chair and grabs his head or that. Mm. He said all okay, you know, you expect them to say, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Anyway, but but so I mean that complicated a lot, right? And, and it took me years to come out to him because I actually don't identify as gay, I identify as queer mm-hmm. because Can you tell our listeners the difference possibly? So okay, so gay is a is a word that's been used very traditionally to understand like same gender relationships you're attracted to the same gender you know queer is is i feel like a new ushering of language that really identifies people who step out of kind of this like heteropatriarchal 
framework of like just fitting into gender, sexuality, identity norms when it comes to, you know, the LGBTQ community. So we have lots of terms, but I like the term queer because uh, I don't identify as a bisexual because I recognize that we are not all just women and men. There right. are people that identify as trans, people that identify as not gender non-conforming, non-binary, people that, you know, are inventing their identities as they go, which I, for me, I mean, I think we can all learn from each other of how we're resisting fitting in these boxes. And we're talking about intersectionality. It's like, really what we're talking about is just acknowledging humanity of mm-hmm. like how complex it is. We're exactly. not just one thing. We're not just one thing and turn into another thing. It's like we're constantly moving and evolving and that's just what life is. Definitely. And so, you know, being courageous enough to say that and to not be afraid of embracing all of the parts of you. You know, I'm a, you know, Jay-Z fan. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? I'm somebody who likes to eat grain, green apples and green apples only. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like whatever it is, like we have to recognize that we can be all of those things at once and we are. Mm -hmm. And we are. We challenge a system that doesn't allow us to be and doesn't recognize in our language and our moving, even in our organizing, our activism, that we are complex things. So you were talking earlier about how like it's like one issue and then another issue is like, well, nah, baby girl, all these issues are connected. Yeah, absolutely. That we're just seeing different different colors of what reality is right now for us. And Mm -hmm. so when we can be in a framework where we're seeing all that simultaneously, I feel like I'm saying some high shit right now. But I mean, that's kind of what we need to but be on. But it makes sense. No, it, it makes like, yeah, sense. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, so I, li- I sit on, I live in intersections because I'm constantly moving and mm-hmm. I'm constantly changing and I'm constantly taking turns. Which is a good thing. I think people are afraid of, but it's okay to be all these things yeah. and more. Yeah, and it's okay to change and it's okay to grow yeah. and it's okay to acknowledge that we change and grow. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm gonna hate you and, and commit five hours to arguing with you on Facebook Gosh. because you are this one thing. It's like, no. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Let's move no. beyond that. You're, I, I feel like you've become a, not a face, but like kind of like in the queer community here in Dallas, especially as, mm. as a brown woman who's able to claim that. Is that <laughs> difficult for you as you hold all these different intersectionalities? I get, I used to get scared. I mm-hmm. got invited by a collective called Teatro, uh, Flor, Flor, Flor Candela. Flor Candela, right? And they had like a, they got, they brought this really amazing guy, Francisco Herrera from California, who does these songs where he teaches about immigration law through music. And to our, to our communities and, and a lot of our parents who no saben leer ni, ni escribir. Yeah, pero that's te, the way they're to gonna do be it. there sing, yeah. singing songs though. And mm-hmm. you teach them the laws through the songs. And he did really great music. And so it was mostly Spanish speaking, mostly campesinos. And so I'm, I'm, I got invited to do poetry. And like, you know, and I, I, I was so scared because you know also I love Espanol but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying we yeah. already had this conversation you heard my Spanish, Spanish I know how to Spanglish, speak but sometimes Bush, it comes no. out <laughs> and we get it we get insecure about that part of our identity of not knowing how we can fully articulate ourselves but I, I was thinking you know I need to come out mm-hmm. I need to come out in this space like I need to get up on the mic and say that I am queer wow. and say to this like compass you know as like community there was a lot of people and mm-hmm. kids and parents you're like hey like, y'all right here. and so I, I just I was so terrified, but I get up on stage and I say, Yo me identifico como una mujer queer. Y eso significa que esto y lo otro y lo otro y otro. Mm-hmm. Y me recibieron. Wow. 
O sea, I mean, I'm sure people were like, uh, but like, me recibieron. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, whatever don que me ha dado, you know, los ancestros o Diosito, whatever, like, you know, people are able to digest me a little easier, I think, because, you know, I don't know why. But 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 I feel like I have a responsibility to to share that in those spaces that maybe they might not hear from their daughters or their, you know, whatever, their other family members or society. And so, and then vice versa, when I go into queer spaces and I'm radical as fuck about immigration or I'm radical as fuck about you know colonization or being an indigenous person like it's it's important and I'm very strategic about bringing all those elements where they're needed because we need to see various parts of that and also it's like there's not a lot of community here that's very visible that is queer POC right I'm saying and it's like this is one of Dallas is actually one of the largest communities of like married queer couples in the country so people are coming here and raising families and living here as gay but you don't see it yeah I'm saying you don't see it I mean we haven't had enough (laughs) queer voices on on, on the Colores radio and I've I've you know I want to and right. that's where it's like damn like, right but it is hard to so find that. so being a visible mujer that's queer it's like you know I, I feel like I have to be everywhere because it's like we're here mm-hmm. we fucking exist yeah. and I know all y'all Mexican families y'all got those tias that you don't talk about yeah. everybody know they're gay you got <laughs> abuelas that like had a friend till she died you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like you got that tío que nunca se casó and you know yeah. it's just single forever yeah. it's like nah you know we we're know here. what it is we yeah. know what it is we gotta talk about it yeah no absolutely so you already listed some of your your biggest role models i'm just asking all the fun things that that we all wanted to know (laughs) i i know i think i personally know a few of your biggest role models but like as you said like black women like that's a big one that a lot of people won't say for whatever reason but they are powerful and changing the world in every way absolutely absolutely and they become a models for a lot of us and resistance work like i mean fuck it's the black women who have moved so much in this in this land in this community in this world you know i I saw a meme that said if her favorite artists are erica badu and lauren hill she's either wifey (laughs) material or like obnoxiously woke (laughs) hey why not both exactly (laughs) i felt red too i'm like i haven't seen that meme Totally red. Yeah, I'm like, shit. I love both. I do too. I love both. I mean, Lauren being a really important, like, reflection of a a dope mujer that could be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. that could be truthful, that could be radical, that could be talented, who could rap and could sing and, like, be an activist in her own way. Erica Badu is like, y'all can talk shit about Dallas and Texas all day, but we produced fucking Erica Badu. We did. We fucking, and then if you don't like that woke shit, we produced Beyonce for you ass. So everybody sit down. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, Eric Badu and Lauren Hill definitely were two major influences in terms of artistic stuff. But when I was very young, I uh, I read Asada Shakur, I Bell Hooks, Audrey Lord, All important Octavia people to look Butler, up, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And then along that same list, Gloria Saldua, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Frida's always been an influence for all of us. And I'm so definitely. glad to see her become iconicized because she was a mujer who lived on the intersections. Yeah, She was absolutely. queer, she was other abled, she was mestiza, she was all these different things. She was radical. She was, you know, the class conversation. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things we can learn from her living and her existence mm-hmm. and her daring and her courageousness. And then, you know, it's just like so many other mujeres that I've encountered in the in the movements, you know, people that, that you don't know. And saying maybe some of y'all are familiar with Berta Cáceres, who was a, a, an activist in Honduras mm-hmm. who was killed by Hillary. 
I'll say that straight yep. up. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary Clinton killed Berta Cáceres and continues to be responsible for, you know, deaths and death squads and torturing in Central America. Berta Cáceres was a Lenca sister. My people are Lenca. She was a mestiza Lenca who, who did similar to what I was doing at that same time. And I didn't know. And so I, after she died, I went down and I met with her family. She was really good friends with my family because she, she was from Honduras. But when the Civil War was happening in El Salvador, she took up arms and she crossed the border and she helped our people on the wow. other side. And the Lenca people, my my people, we straddled the side of Honduras and El Salvador. You know, these borders cut us in half. And, um, and and she took to her indigenous identity and said, fuck this. I'm on the side of the indígenas and the garifunas, and I'm dedicating my life to this. And she got killed for it, right? Yeah. And so and so we we honor those ancestors that have taught us, who have inspired us. And she was a mujer that looked like me, wavy hair, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? same skill color. It was like, damn it. Here's a reflection. I was supposed yeah. to go and, and learn from her, and then she got killed. I was due to go spend like a summer with her, and then she got murdered. Right, and so I went on the lands. I, I performed in, in uh, Tegucigalpa, in the capital of Honduras, for, with her comrades and her women. And it was—I mean, it was surreal for me, but mm-hmm. it was important. So other women in the movement who have inspired me, you know, like. Thank you for sharing that. I, I remember <coughs> I saw a lot. I, I was following you obviously during that time, but that's not. A message you hear a lot of and it's important to also when we get caught up in in social media or the news media feeds you know we already know that they're the facebook has been investigated for uh experimental projects where they're trying to learn how to influence emotion through streamlining algorithms of what Jeez. we see and what we're exposed to so we also have to remember when you're yeah, like i don't want to miss yourself. anything but it's also like this is intentional systemic like you. science yes, no, you know what i'm saying true. where they're where they're influencing and pulling our energies and ways and so when we're we're busy watching a screen our our leaders like berta are not being seen because we're not looking around That's we're not connecting true. with our people we're not looking in our hoods we're not seeing abuela who's been harp you know who's been taking care of talita's kid who got deported and what resources does she need what what kind of hero is she right and so we're not seeing that so we got to make sure we we tame our intakes and where and how we're exploring information and and acknowledging where power is because it's more than just you know this or that it's all the things around you Oof. yes i need to take several naps and then <laughs> I'll come back and ready to go I'll put my Facebook down throw Twitter in the trash no I'm just kidding I like Twitter but no that's real I appreciate you sharing that it'll help me fine tune my brain what are what is like a message or some messages that you'd most like to share with our community as Latinos or Latinx remember that we are a people who are resilient, who have been in war for many, many, many generations, who have survived, who were built to survive this empire. And and for many of my mestizo indigenous people, do not be afraid to look back, look over, talk to your elders, not be ashamed of, of, of your skin color or of, of our traditions that we are being told are not valid. Recognizing that, you know, Abuela never had health care and she birthed babies in her bathtub with her, with her eggs and her marijuana leaves. <laughs> Yeah. And alcohol with her <laughs> medicine. You're yeah. saying, and when when all this shit fails, we have lived without this, and we will continue to live without this. Let it fall. Let it fucking burn. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I need loud. To- loud. I can't say nothing else. <laughs> Nah. Ooh, I'm like, if y'all don't listen to Decolora, if y'all ain't listen to any of the episodes, <laughs> listen, listen to, to keep, keep episode 10 on repeat. Ooh. For real. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So I, um, before we wrap up, I know <clears throat> that you can flow a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> you've heard her. Yes. Perform- okay. I okay. have seen her. I, just, I thought you were about to say I've never heard. No, no, any no. Of I her. have. That's why I was like, I don't know if you want to sing or you want to spit or you want to <laughs> recite or you want to whatever. You're a woman of many talents. So I will say, if you would like to take my rap battle pass, you're Ooh. free to have it. Oh, and oh, oh, right oh, here. oh, hold up. <laughs> As, Erica, as, as much as 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 big a fan as I am of your work, right. I'm not gonna let Eva nope. skip okay. out on this. Don't right let now. her. Don't let her. No one will let you in this community. No. We hold you accountable, Eva. Yes. Girl, and I offer my resource. We oh can my sit God. down. Oh, well, I help sweet. ghostwrite, co-write. Let's Please. do it. Ghost? We gonna go. Yes. We gonna go do for it. this man I right here. Not do Drake. It. I will not ghostwrite. <laughs> well, we, I don't need to ghostwrite for <laughs> but you, but we can help write. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Find your flow. Cultivate your Swag. Give me a year. Uh, yeah, a year. But let me tell you, you already got the essential part uh, because spitting is all about that confidence and that spirit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's I mean, why, it really is. I saw it. That's why I said from day one, I was like, all right, let's go. Because I, I was like, you don't know, you don't know that you ready, yeah. but you ready. I'm ready. Really, I, I psych myself out, y'all. You My, ready, I got man. a little tiny bit of insecurities. I, I want to be Lauren Hill and I don't think I can. I know. <laughs> feel you girl but, but you, you don't gotta be Ev- Ev- Lauren Hill you can be Eva I can be Eva boom. Hill. boom boom uh, boom but boom, I don't want to be modern Lauren Hill because she's all a little bit problematic but I still love you but. <laughs> I mean but we all are y'all that's we another that's are. another that's message true. for our community yeah. don't look don't idealize and romanticize leaders we're yeah. all human we're yeah. all sitting in we the intersections of yeah. powers and flaws and fucked upness true. you know what I'm saying that's why I never want to meet Erica Badu in person uh-huh. Aww, I still want to like, <laughs> and I still want to yeah, do it if Erica ever wants to meet me, I'm totally yeah. down to meet her. But at the end, at the same time, it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're all human. We're all going to learn that our, our heroes are also human. Mm-hmm. But we, That's that, true. Right? But what we learn from them, we can pick up and we can make better in our own ways. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's what they do. They help us, For edify sure. us. All right, let's see. Spit something. <laughs> do you need a beat? Rafa can give nah, you a beat. She don't, she don't need no beat. Come on now. <laughs> Let me see. You can do whatever you'd like, but we want some of it. <laughs> we want some of it. <clears throat> I feel like I do this piece everywhere and all the time, but it's my go-to, and it always feels appropriate because of the times that we live. And I'm going to spit a little bit, sing a little bit for you, okay? Go for it. See, it's like this. As I sit and ponder nice shit, as he tells the story, I live it. Melodic story is the only way I can spit it, so I sing. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. See, if only that were true, I sing because I can't cry without you. The only thing I knew before I could hit a note and you was the only thing that was true before you left that note and dipped and gave me every reason to hate you. And for the last couple of years, I've been trying to find you. I'm even getting a college degree to understand the things you might have gone through, Mom. But after all that shit, after all that shit, you just become another poem, just a, another anecdote to my creative decorum. So I'm like, bump it. Emotional treasons, irrational reasons, and new beginnings for new reasons to write. So I'm like, so I'm like, take it. Mm. See, I'm trying to find my spot in the continuum of time, trying to discover my essence through some lyrical rhymes that tell me tears are emotions that the words can't express. So I'm figuring, configuring my greatest asset, trying to flee from this thought that my mind's been raped, feeling like pouring my soul in these rhymes I make. So I stop, I try to take a moment in time, try to let the rain, let the rain cool my mind. But the rain never comes. Only questions like, yo, Erica, where you from? (laughs) So I tell him, I tell him. I'm from Immigrant Dreams. Born amidst war and faded stories of rape and guerrilla warfare. From 
extinguishing survival from the ability to be free. I'm from the dream that has always been believed. I am from the heart of my ancestors' needs. I am the prayer that my ancestor has spoken over and over again, and I will continue to be all of me because I believe that the descendants of our people will be free, and we will continue to walk free. We will continue to breathe free. We will continue to be free. We will continue to be free because we have always been we don't need no damn documentation (laughs) (laughs) wow so we are wrapping it up thank you for sharing that with us i do want to say that i want to invite everybody in the dfw and beyond i i had the honor of co-writing a play called where earth meets the sky and we didn't talk a little bit about this but part of i think what of our activism needs to be is imagining what kind of future we want to live in Mm -hmm. i'm saying i think all organizers are visionists and futurists because we wouldn't be dedicating our lives to this if we didn't believe something greater was coming and something greater will be so it's a it's an indigenous sci-fi story that takes place 2,000 years in the future and we are we're working in community to define what kind of world we want to live in and it's all mostly women and it's all melanated women and you know of all sizes and walks of life that we want to put on stage and, and be part of the production team it's called Where Earth Meets the Sky and it'll be having its world premiere produced by Caramia Theater um, in April April 19th will be the opening night and day and so wow. if you're interested in, in more information please hit me up follow me you can find more information on Karamia Theater website and so we we we're excited about this project and we're excited about being part of the conversation of like we want to leave these stories you know so people can imagine yeah I've seen the I saw the read through and that was very powerful and Mm. and definitely starts an interesting conversation but like you said this we do need to imagine that future and and we're looking forward to that is there anything else you're working on that we can look forward to or where they can find you where can we follow you yes you can follow me Erika Chilome I spell it E-D-Y-K-A-C-H-I-L-O-M-E. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also headed off to Cuba on Friday, and I'll be in Cuba for about two and a half, three weeks. Wow. You'll have um, to come back and tell us about oh, that. Oh, yeah, that'd be, it'll be dope. I'm, I'm gathering with some artists, but I'm primarily taking the time to write. I'm working on my second book, which is uh, which is a novel, which is also Ooh, a, a, exciting. A, a woman-based sci-fi experience and exploration about how we activate the memories of our ancestors and imagine a future. So I'm really on that tip right now of like providing kind of the solace of imagining the bigger picture because it can be really heavy in this like material realm where it's like fuck everything's fucked up Mm -hmm. but we look at the larger picture and the good and bad of that it it gives us strength and so I want to offer that to our community and to my community and I also run a a Lucha de Alas open mic it's uh, we we started doing that a monthly open mic to in response to the Trump of 45 that pendejo mm-hmm. and uh, and so I invite everybody it's the last Friday of every month I do it at Maroche's Bakery on um, on Davis and Oak Cliff and uh, right across the street from the Kessler and it's a place exclusively for people who identify as queer people of color or people of color and uh, it's here for you I'm saying we run we it's cry dope. together I've been it's <laughs> amazing <laughs> we cry together we, we love together we celebrate each other We it's the time to make each other feel like superstars and honor whatever it is we want to share 
share this on our hearts. And so it is a place uh, that I offer to the community is, is something that is here for you in a similar way as the, um, you know, the North Texas Dream Team is doing. We need to hold these spaces for each other so we can cry, so we Definitely. can be angry, so we can know we're not crazy. You know, so every last Friday, I won't be there this Friday, but it'll still be happening. I'll be back in October. October is my birthday month. Hey. What, 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 what? Uh. So we're going to turn up. It's also BYOB. And if you want to bring, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So what's up? De colores come through. You know what I'm saying? Bring your poems. Maybe by then you got something to spit. You know what I'm saying? That could be her. I'm going to need y'all to calm down. Done. All the way down. Yo, yo. I would be honored to host the rap battle between the hosts of De Colores Radio. Just, it just happened. <laughs> come on, Ella, you ready Cuba, for this? You can't even help no, no, this is no. gonna be in October. October. I'm gonna come back first need, week of October. I need more time. <laughs> Girl, are we doing it in November? The time is now. We're the, we're we're pushing it. That's no, 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 no. But it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So y'all want to oh witness God. some magic? Come out to Lucha Alas. You can come out. Watch me embarrass myself. Nah, girl, it's gonna be good. We are gonna win this battle. Don't no worry about it. Ooh, Do you I'm know so he excited. has a legacy? Everybody, I, I know. But understand, like everybody, I know that everything. I meet through Rafa. It's like, but do you know how Rafa can no, no, rap no, no, battle? No, yeah. And I'm like, Wait. no. See, Erika was talking about this whole, you know, l- looking at people through mm, through a mm, particular mm, lens. Mm, I know mm, what you got, Eva. Mm, mm, and I'm no. and I only want to do this rap. It's all love. Come on it's now, all love, you know what Eva. it is. All fucking love. Well, see, I gotta practice like Issa okay. in the mirror. Yes, girl, do I'll, it. I'll go. See, do, it. <laughs> do it. But yeah, come out to Lucha Alas, please. And we're a growing community, and it's it's one of the only literary spaces we just got highlighted in Dallas Morning oh, News yay, that's last amazing. week. As um, we're one of the only like Latino kind of like based political, intentionally political spaces for poetry, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's led by mujeres. You know what I mean? It's organized by mujeres, and so you know, come out. It starts at 8, Marochis Bakery, last Friday of the month, every month. We're Definitely there. Definitely go out there, y'all. Yes, and otherwise, I'll be out here. You can follow me. I'm making moves, performing in different places, sharing in different places, you know what I'm saying, publishing different articles. I'm doing a one-act, uh, a short play in Fort Worth. It's also actually my first piece that I'm doing about being Salvadorian. It's wow. called Salite, hey. which is like a play on get out, but like also being mm. like, <laughs> that's that the Salvadorian way of like, Salite, and it Follows this woman, this young Salvadorian woman who works in the nonprofit industrial complex, right? Shit, the this is getting too real. And she's queer and all this other stuff. So, but it's a short play, but y'all can come check it out. It's gonna be the first week of October. I'll post some stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, do that. We'll share it. Yeah, all of that. So I'm moving. I'm also open to always collaborating with people and other spirits who are intentional about their work and, and walking, you know, in, in righteousness and integrity as best they can. We're all growing, so hit me up. Mm-hmm. I'm always down to share and, and be there and be present in community. And they can also find you at your website. Yes, I have a website Erika Chilomer she has it all y'all up. I have that up yep mm-hmm. so follow you. her support her we need to keep supporting artists like this in Dallas because they're the ones doing the work and teaching us and helping us grow as people absolutely so thank you so much I'm to so Erika Chilomer oh, for so being this is here. wonderful yay <laughs> yeah. alright thank you Okay, so thank you so much to Erika for being here. As you heard me tell my story, I really have been uh, deeply impacted by this woman several times throughout my life in college and after college, and now I'm able to call her a friend, and she's she's 
helping me and helping our community grow and I hope you gain something from her because I know I did every time I talked to her I'm like shit I gotta check myself I gotta read myself I have to you know keep growing which is something I think is very important and exciting so thank you to her for all her lovely work and we are now moving on to Say it for me, Rafa. Oh, I can't. Come yes, on. Yes, you can. No, yes, you can. You do it no, so good. No, no. Self-care corner. <laughs> I got them pipes, y'all. They're polished. So, Rafa, will you read out the words I have for a uh, self-care corner this week? And, you know, I'll be on the pacifist tip a lot of the times, but... Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so for self-care corner, you have fuck up a Trump piñata. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I typically try to go very natural, get your oils, get your whatever, you know. Yeah. This week, I've been mad. I've been sad. I've been stressed. I've been dealing with my own personal issues. And then I remembered, like, what what, what can we physically do? <laughs> and I don't want anybody getting arrested or anything. So say, what you a- can do... <laughs> Is buy yourself a Trump piñata, make yourself one. We can do a DIY piñata. And on my birthday, it caused some family problems, whatever. No, we're not going to talk about it right now. All I asked my mom for was like, mom, I just want a Trump piñata and some mole. Like, that's it. That's 23 for me. Yeah. And we got this Trump piñata. Shout out to Pat for going to the store up the street and getting it here on Jefferson. <laughs> and I genuinely, when I say that this stick felt so great to hit this motherfucker in paper form i like i honestly felt like oh shit a weight's been lifted like whew, i felt so good so i recommend i actually would like to host a piñata party maybe oh okay with the colores where we can all maybe buy mm-hmm. several and fuck them all up i don't know maybe we can make this an event for the community for the community fuck it up fuck it up fuck it up, fuck it up. we're talking about the trump piñata um but if you have access to that, this is a new movement. Not new, but I want to encourage it. You just put it in the street light Just put the fucking... Somebody's Theo, come get on top of the building. Hold the piñata for us, please. And then another person stand on the street light. Yes, and just... Up. We're going to put good candy in it because you know my cavities like just to at least... Up. What are you about to play? I'm scared. Nothing bad. What are you working on? I'm saying we got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I just had to. I just had this to is what it. I wish the intro to this whole show was, but copyright's expensive, so don't play that much of the of the song. Anyways, I do encourage some form of that. I have another self care corner I could do, but this one just felt right for this week. Felt like what we needed. Yeah. So I encourage you to, if you are privileged enough to be able to purchase a Trump piñata. Do it. You'll honestly feel better. And then after you destroy him, guess what? You get candy. So it's like, shit, you can fill that up with whatever. I put liquor bottles in it. So get whatever makes you happy. Hot Cheetos. I also did that. Damn, I'm a good piñata maker. Anyways, if you can do this, do it. Because it honestly helps. Because he's an animal. And animal's not even the right word. It's no, a monster. I'm sorry, animals. Don't demean our animals. I'm so sorry. Um... He's just a monster, and so this will help you feel better and let you release the energy, and yeah, so I encourage that for self-care corner this week. Uh, We actually got a Dear Eva. I know y'all forgot about that segment a little bit. Thank you for writing in. Someone actually cares about me. All right, so we have a Dear Eva for the week, and it says, Hey, the Coco. I need some advice after something that happened this past weekend. I'm a light Chicana. 
who often gets confused for a white person. My boyfriend, who is black, and I had an experience with a cop who made it clear that he thought I was white and didn't like us being together, and then gave my boyfriend an arbitrary citation. I understand how privileged my looks make me and have never had this happen before. I was scared and upset and didn't say anything while the cop was talking to us. I didn't want to say anything that might escalate the situation. Did I do the right thing? What should I do if someone who isn't a cop says something to us? I'm an outspoken person and normally clap back if I feel disrespected, but at the same time, I don't want to make matters worse or put anyone in danger. Thanks, BBs. Hey, BB. Thanks for writing us. This is a lot. The first thing that comes to mind for me personally is having the confidence in what you believe in because I think in some cases yeah it is scary especially with a cop because you don't know what the fuck is about to happen it is important for you to it is good that you're acknowledging your privilege in the first place that's step one because a lot of uh, especially light-skinned Latinos can't even admit that there is such a thing as white Latinos or you know can't really accept that I that identity that is them that if they're lighter than me they're gonna get treated better than me or seen as pretty or whatever anyway so accepting these things are important i think having the confidence and understanding your privilege helps it's hard with cops to say if you speaking is gonna help or if it's gonna make it worse i can't say you did the wrong thing um by staying quiet i don't know that i could have been quiet myself personally but it is a difficult thing to walk through i think it's it's hard to say I, I it is hard with cops I think in some cases with a, a person I'm dating that doesn't like confrontation yeah they would have wanted me to be the fuck quiet because then that will make them escalate their anxiety and cause more problems if it's me by myself I probably personally would have escalated it just because you do sometimes have to check these people but again it is a privileged thing to even be able to check these people because you might not get killed because you're not black um so it's a really difficult thing to maneuver what should you do if someone who isn't a cop says something to us in regards to them not liking you you should definitely definitely snap back at them if they're not a cop because in that situation you know that their safety is not in your hands necessarily and if it is it's in a different way as you know just people that don't have the same I guess power complex as cops might have I I would definitely have them check themselves I mean it depends on what they say obviously I can't tell you what to say but in that sense you have to acknowledge your privilege as a light-skinned Latina but also tell them hey this is the my partner this is who I'm with this is who I'm connecting with and this is my business not yours so it does get very difficult uh, I personally have dated people outside of my own race and it does get very complex and complicated and I can feel people staring at me or pointing at me or that's who you're dating yeah it is who I'm dating but that's where I'm saying that confidence has to come from with you to say yeah this is who the fuck I'm dating fuck off if you have negative opinions on it so it does get rather complicated I don't know if you have anything else to add let me make sure I'm answering this question but yeah no I mean it 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 is really tricky I don't know um I always there's always a a few things in terms of how there's a few experiences that I've had that kind of helped me formulate my interaction with police Mm -hmm. and so I always try to start from the idea that these are the people that we've entrusted to serve and protect us. I've had more than my fair share of experiences where it, it, I was led to believe that that wasn't really the case in terms of what drove them to provide that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's like, you know, h- how do I read a situation to where my safety isn't really a, like up in the air and in the hands of someone that will probably take my life away if, if, I, if I push them? Right, do too because much. Because the message will get lost. And so it's really hard, you know, it's, it's hard to know what a, what, a, what a person's intentions are. And so when a person has something set in their mind and they're protected by this armor of, of a badge or, or, or of weapons and, you know, they're, they're coming at you the wrong way, you know, how, how do you go between I'm going to stand for, for what I believe in, I'm going to stand for my, you know, for my rights, I'm going to stand and not be disrespected, I'm not going to sit here and let you strip me of my dignity versus am I willing to die today because you can't figure out where your ignorance and, you know, the protection of the citizens you've entrusted to, right. to, to, to watch over kind of blurs out like this personal whatever you have. And, you know, I have a lot of friends, I have family that, that, that are in, in, you know, that are police officers. And um, I have this argument a lot where I make a statement about, you know, police officers. And, you know, I, I, I get the conversation where it's like, well, what the fuck? It was like, I thought we were cool. And it's like, yeah, fam, we're cool. You know, we're all right. But I'm not saying like the general statement goes off of what you as a person have experienced. And so, you know, everyone has prejudices. You know what I mean? And so there's a difference when what you've experienced in your life leads you to to act a certain way. So, yeah, if if I get pulled over, if I'm having a conversation with a police officer based on what I've lived, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. I'm not really going to trust you. I'm going to be nervous because I think that you might do some shit you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that doesn't drive me to do something ignorant against you. And so I think that's that needs to be, you know, respected on both sides. So, yeah, I'm not going to hold it against a police officer because I don't know this person. But at the same time, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's you can speak yeah, on it if you'd like so to. I, like as a person that like my ex was a black trans person, right, mm-hmm. which is a little, a little different. I'm not a white passing um, Latina. I don't think so. No, really. <laughs> If you are, then I don't know what I am. <laughs> um, but I think that it's important. What I learned in, in, in being in an interracial relationship and being in interracial relationships with black-bodied people within this climate and this time, it's important to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are a white-passing person, you might want to have conversations about what it looks like when this happens. Right. Because this is going to continuously happen. Just yeah. acknowledging where we're living and how we're living in this world. And so, you know, you, you should check in with your partner and see ask what do you feel comfortable most with? comfortable with exactly do you, feel comfor- do you want me to be an ally and your partner and your lover as someone who speaks up for you in those times do you trust me with that or you know and i do think you want it, me to be right, quiet and not right, say anything exactly. to escalate and, and, it and of course it's important to recognize that each each interaction is different shit mm-hmm. catches us off guard we don't know who we're dealing with we don't know what the circumstances are going to be but to have a general understanding of being able to open that conversation and likewise like it's important for you know the black partner to be able to vocalize hey I don't trust your instincts because you don't know what it is to live as a, as a racialized person in this country. Mm-hmm. So please do not speak for me. Right. Please do not be in exactly. space. When this happens, do not think you have the right answer. And we and we got to be vulnerable. And in our partnerships, we got to be able to do that, period. Mm-hmm. And I think especially between women and men, too. I mean, like, 
hey, I don't need you to speak for me or guard me. I mean, we should all be having those conversations. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's just my two cents. No, no, that's absolutely true. I think that's what I meant with the confidence and knowing what you should do is having that conversation. If I know my partner doesn't like escalating situations, then I'm going to say my shit and then I'm going to shut the fuck up. Right. You know what I mean? Or whatever works. But you have to have that discussion with your partner. If this is happening to you all the time and you know it's wrong and you're not saying something even to people that you know, that's fucked up then. I think in that situation, Situation. if you feel like you normally would clap back that's where you were maybe you studying these the history of interracial relationships that's or whatever right. will help you understand it better so you can feel like you can clap back mm-hmm. to these people and that's what I meant by the confidence but good luck uh, obviously you reaching out means that you care and you want right. to do better so that's important more, so we is, appreciate yeah. you reaching out and sharing your story with us and hopefully uh, it gets better I hope you didn't I hope he didn't get a citation because y'all were dating. I'm not sure if I'm misreading the situation, but I know she mentioned that they didn't like it. I don't know. Anyways, fuck that shit. Thank you for reaching out. Hopefully it gets better. I know that is a uh, difficult thing to navigate, but checking your privilege absolutely is number one in the whole process. So we are getting closer to wrapping it up. And next, my computer is like... You should sing like the whole episode. I'm gonna need you to stop making me rap and (laughs) sing and everything else. I'm not. Sound Pat. Pat the guy, Eddie, what do y'all think, right? No, it's fine. Just sing a whole episode? Yeah. Like do you know how many people princess? won't like, listen? Know, like, I feel like it's so Pat, transition. you're lying so hard. Shut up. <laughs> like, so. I'm, I'm the flounder fish, and she's Ariel right now. <laughs> 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 I'm just, I'm just I wish y'all could Why see Emma's face right now. Why'd you call him the flounder right fish? His name was Flounder. Just call him Flounder. the name of the fish. The type of the fish is I know. Flounder Isn't that too. so unoriginal? They're like, Flounder fish, you gonna be named what Flounder. Are we, like, people sat in a room talking about, how he's, we, a, he's Sebastian, you, I am Flounder. He is your Sebastian, I am Flounder. I have figured this out. I don't even want to be Ariel. I didn't <laughs> ask for this. Let's make a brown little, little mermaid. Let's make a brown Ariel. little mermaid. Let's make a brown little mermaid. Brown little mermaid. <laughs> brown, big mermaid. That's me. La sirena. <laughs> Buenas. I want to be the naked sirena on the Loteria card. <laughs> She's all edited now. They covered her chichis. Anyways, our brown business of this week, we actually want to do a shout out to all the businesses and organizations that helped us with our donation drive for Harvey. So we're going to give a quick shout out to each location. So first off, big <laughs> shout out to the Hook Cultural Center, uh, the home of Decolores Radio, hey. uh, Division of the City's Office of Cultural Affairs, and the place that's popping out here in the cliff. Um, mm-hmm. We're here at 223 West Jefferson, Dallas, Texas, 7520. They have a cool art show coming. They have cool art yeah. shows all the time. That's literally how I met Yeah, we I have met cool stuff. Rafa. Oak Cliff Cultural our, Center. Our Find us. Has a, oh, yeah. Show. Jeremy Biggers has a oh, show yeah. Yeah, he here does. with Sam And Lau. Sam Lau. And, and a few others. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Find us everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a website, occ.dallasculture.org. Um, stop by. We're here. Tuesday through Saturday, we always have a bunch of cool stuff going on, so make sure you check us out. A big shout out to the North Texas Dream Team. And Maria um, and Edwin and, and yeah. everybody. They're doing everybody, a lot of work yeah, for the community. We run into them all the time. They're literally they're all everywhere. over the place, so a big shout out to them. Their office is over on uh, 930 West Page Ave, right here in Oak Cliff, off Wealth and Polk. Um, and they do a lot of cool stuff over there, too. They I know that they're offering the space as a safe space for you know a lot of the uh, the... Uh, people uh, affected by the whole, you know, DACA announcement. So big shout out to them. Shout out to the Harvest House, 331 <laughs> East Hickory Street, Denton, Texas. The Harvest House. Yeah. These are Denton places. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. 
And and also shout out to the UNT RTFP building. You're just listing now. You know, I'm, I'm just tired. listing them. No, big big shout that's out. That's my they, yeah. That's my old department. Shout yeah. out to them. Mean yes. Green. Shout out to the Mean Green. Ew. Shout out. <laughs> he says it so. We didn't say all that. That's how we say it too. Uh, shout out to the Mean Green. <laughs> Anyways, one of the last few places. The Brass Bean. Shout out! In, uh, I used to work there. <laughs> <laughs> Real shout out though. They're like cool in Grand Prairie. Go go uh, buy a latte. One two or three West Main Street, number one twelve. The Brass Bean. Check them What's out. What's good? That Bean Brass. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make this more exciting. <laughs> And last but not least, shout out to Salsa Limon over in Funky Town. And Fort Worth Black House. And Fort Worth Black House, yeah. Because they came through. Shout out Jeremy for helping us put this together and provide some places in Fort Worth to have boxes and collect donations for our people affected by Harvey. So... I want to remind you all. Damn, I oh, really. We got it. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. We got to shout out to my humanities professor from last semester. Miriam Garcia was shouting at it. Again. What? Yeah. What yeah. happened? She shouted. Oh my God, that's so funny. What yeah. the fuck? So dope, y'all. Thank you. My gosh. I and love her. I must have, I must have had her. I did an online class and I always feel bad about the online classes because it's like, this is boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, so shout out to you for completing that damn Honestly. class. Boom. Yes. Shout out to online Miriam Garcia. <laughs> that is too funny. So our next The Colores event, which hopefully we can get some pieces from Erika, some entries. Maybe she'll oh, come yeah. recite yeah. something for us. Oh yeah. It's the Black Lives Matter Gray Space Art yeah. Show. The submissions are open until September 15th, if I'm not mistaken. So be sure and recommend your friends and artists or yourself to create something and submit it to the art show. We're really looking forward to that. Email it to thecoloriscollective at gmail.com with some examples of your work or a piece that you'd like to enter. And mark your calendars for the show that will take place on Friday, October 6th here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Then we can move on to who you got with the Coco. Patty's back from I know, the dead. I know she's been dying to share a who she has to. She came back from New York with like 52 new indie yeah. bands nobody's heard of. <laughs> yes. It's actually not true. Y'all. Okay, well go for it, Pat. Um, I was actually struggling to think of a who you got. Mm, what? I know. Hold, wait, shock, hold up, hold shock. up, pump the brakes. You but were struggling for a who you got? Because I haven't had a chance to, like, my books that I'm reading, like, do you want me to give a shout-out to Gabriel Garcia Marquez? Like, shout-out to great authors. Yeah. Like, I was reading his stuff, but I didn't have anything that was new that I've been listening to. Um, this music's so, getting mad loud in the background. Yeah, you know we so got the After, after thinking here. about it for a while, I was like, wait, why can't I throw a shout-out to them? Because this place made me feel safe and made me feel beautiful. Aww. Afropunk. I, oh, cool. fu- I fucking loved it. Dang. It was great. Yeah. I got to see a lot of artists that I really love. So I can shout out the artists that I got to see. I saw Princess Nokia. Okay. Hell yes. I, saw I already SZA did her. And nice. that she killed All it. my who you got. All the, <laughs> pretty much every who you got we talked Wait, about. Hey, Trinata, Like, I got to see him. I was in the front and I was dying because I've been waiting to see right him now. forever. That's crying. She's like, crying in the club right now. Sampha, Solange, like, changed my life. I made friends out at Afropunk, and it was just, like, the safest I've ever felt, like, more supportive. Like, everybody was, like, really supportive of each other there. Like, everyone was making each other feel good, and, like, 
I don't know, confidence levels went up to 1,000, I think. Dang, that's nice. And it was really cool because they had, like, organizations there talking about gentrification in Brooklyn, how you can work together to get things done. Colors of Change was there, and I got to, like, meet them and talk to them a little bit. Um, The Black Lives Matter people that were based in New York were there. So it was just like, wow, like, festivals, y'all have a voice and y'all can use it. And they're that platform that is doing that. And it was just so encouraging and powerful to see that happen because as someone that's, like, obviously cares about the music and loves everything like that, seeing it in action working and people wanting to do that was inspiring. So Mm. that's my who you got, Afropunk, look them up. We totally said that for you last week, too. But (laughs) we are so glad you shared that. Yeah. Because that's real. Yeah. I'm not trying to make money. I'm like, I'm just saying, because like, now that I like came back, it's just, I don't know. She's a of, new yeah. person. Yeah. I, I, I'm a changed girl. Thank I'm, you. I mean, I mean that's really, it's really dope to hear about your experience going to Afropunk as like a Latina, because I, yes. that, you know, I hadn't thought yeah. about what that experience might feel like. So knowing that you had such a great experience, that's really dope. Yeah, it that makes really me cool. want to go too. I don't know. Like, okay. It felt great. Cool. Rafita, you ready? Yes. So... I slept on, and I don't know why I did this, because this is one of my favorite newer, but kind of, I don't want to say old school, but like the underground hip hop that I usually listen to doesn't, isn't as prominent as it was maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a big fan of, of Sky Zoo for a long minute. Yes, I love, yo, he is probably one of the most underrated MCs of our time, like no lie. Yes, ooh, his, I'm saying like his storytelling, it like, so I have like, you know, top a top five of MCs or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, when you mentioned the storytelling side of hip-hop you always got to mention like a slick rick right and you know it's hard to to meet that that caliber yeah and being someone like that uh just meant so much to me and so sky zoo fall sky zoo falls into that realm of like you know super dope storytellers and his 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 he's he's i can't even He's got that wordplay wizardry that's just amazing, and his flow is so smooth. And so he dropped an album uh, or an EP. It's like a nine or ten track. It's a short EP, but it's so dope. It's super smooth, chill. But if if you've never heard him before, like his his emceeing is just like it's hypnotic. It's super dope. Uh, he's super talented. And uh, Peddler Themes is the name of the the project he just put out about a month and a half ago. So it took me a while to listen to it, but I did. And I'm mad at myself that it took me about a month to listen to it. But check it out. Sky Zoo, Peddler Themes. Super dope. Oh my I'm going to have to check him out because Please do. Yeah. I'm obviously sleeping on him. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Sir yeah. Zoo. I also struggled with my Who You Got, but then I thought of it and I was like, yes, binge. Why didn't you do this earlier? So this group, I actually first heard about them through insecure season one yeah they're called saint beauty and i believe they are a part of uh wonderland records which is like or at least they work with them i'm if i'm not mistaken really beautiful perfect music like i have no other way to describe it it's kind of chill but it's kind of groovy and the words are really powerful like it's like definitely like kind of like romantic cheesy shit sometimes but i'm also like mad into it you know (laughs) so definitely look up saint beauty band they're really dope they only have a few songs on spotify i think they're still working on like creating like a big full album but they are amazing like 
I don't. You've heard them since you've yeah. watched Insecure, no, yeah. and that soundtrack is like amazing. Bomb, yeah. But they have a really unique, amazing voices, so I really enjoy their uh, a duo of two singers. Duo? That's two. Duo. Yeah. Two, two. Anyways, whatever. Same beauty band. <laughs> Check them out. And we are going. Oh, do I get a. a yes! yes! Hell yeah. Go for yeah. it. Give us who you got, Erika. Okay, so um, I really hope y'all have not said this already if you did great but i've been addicted Uh-oh. to and i've been late on the game especially for all like my my women of color friends jamila right. woods oh, we have not said her but i've been i've okay. been hearing a lot about okay. her and you haven't listened to her i have not oh my God, besides like the stuff you already hear right okay so that whole project heaven mm-hmm. jamila woods is also like she's from chicago which i love that city i kind of grew up in that city during college but she's the associate director of of Chicago Youth Voices, young young Chicago authors, and she's very active in the community. Wow. And then all her 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 it's revolution music, mm-hmm. right? It's like self love music. It's like learn who your teachers it's, are. It's we need to like, listen to it to music. Move. It's black girl magic music. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying like as as a brown head listening to it, it's like fuck yes. Like again, a cue like we gotta be making this type of music too. So Jamila Woods and her song Holy. Yeah, take me to heaven straight up, man. I'm t- I just just like for anybody who is going through a breakup, oh, for anybody Lord. that is single and just like kind of like waving out here wondering what love is. <laughs> all of us, like, all yeah. of us, <laughs> all of us. Like Holy by Jamila Woods, beautiful, beautiful music, Damn. healing music, medicine. Somebody else told life. me I need to listen to her, and I haven't. So I'm going Jamila to do it for you now. Will, yes, ever. No, you need to do it for yourself, for girl. me and for you. No. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing, Jamila Woods. And we are wrapping up the show. So, muchas, muchas gracias for listening to the 10th episode of The Colores Radio. We did it. We did it. We did it. All right. Lo encimos. We did it. Ping, 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 ping. Okay. Let me, uh, we will talk about Dora representation next time because she's one of the few we have. Uh, Signing off from the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. I know y'all heard that music today because it was loud as hell. They were really, really. They were getting down today. We hope you learned a little something with us. Big thanks to the lovely Erika Chilome for sharing her art and experiences with our, with us as well as Maria from the North Texas Dream Team. Be sure and follow them I believe at North Texas Dream Team and Erika Chilome at E-D-Y-K-A C-H-I-L-O-M-E uh, Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media subscribe and leave us a darn review i literally wrote that in the script yeah. i put darn review yeah. i'm like a grandma I was like, what not damn a what in tarnation I, I, <laughs> I was like asleep at midnight like leave us a darn review okay uh please please share it with a friend a cousin whoever let us know what your favorite part is tweet us or anything we love hearing from you all we could not go on without your support so follow us at the colores co if you enjoy our personal thoughts you can follow me at Eva Harigin, Rafa at Exile, and Pat on at Pat not arrogant. Why are you gonna say it like that? Because <laughs> just like, your voice. Because like that ours just really flows, yeah. and then yours is like. Pat. Anyway, you know I still Pat. got those uh, Pat the Gat handles. Oh my right? God, he made a Pat the Gat Twitter <laughs> yeah. account. If y'all got followed like two weeks ago, and Instagram, there's oh no posts God. yet. And I'm we'll see. Want me to take over? Or? No. <laughs> 
I'm to teach you to a see. lesson. No, there's nothing on there. Are you just gonna leave it like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was gonna like. Yeah. Because her Instagram is Pat dot Aragine, and then her other one's like P dot A dot underscore. Yeah. It's because the Twitter one I created back in 2009, so it's P underscore Aragine, and then the Instagram one I did it, and like I have not been able to get Pat P underscore Aragine. But I got. You should make it Pata Aragine. Pata Aragine. Honestly. Okay, anyways, we promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at thecolorescollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio.